Made on Zencaster. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Stank, Stank, Stank. Genius billionaire playboy. You Stank, you Stank. I am. Hello, we got it. Hi, hey everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. This is Stark or Stank. My name's Aaron. I'm here with Josh. We're here to talk about Hello. Captain America, the first Avenger. Let's go. We're on a <laughs> fucking time limit. <laughs> How you going? You like this movie? Uh, I do. You know I do. Don't don't front. <laughs> you know I do. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Captain America, the first Avenger. This is Fuck the me. last Marvel movie to be distributed by Paramount Pictures. Disney bought it, it, the rights to the Avengers and Iron Man 3 from Paramount. So I feel like I need to point out, as I was putting this on, I saw the Paramount Pictures uh, little thing go, and I was like, huh, this must be the last one, because I don't fucking remember it after this, and I'm glad you fucking confirmed that for me. That is correct. Uh, directed by Joe Johnston, he was chosen as a film's director because of his previous work on the period films The Rocketeer and October Sky. He um, had directed uh, many movies. His, his first movie was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is a great movie. Wow. Yeah, okay. Uh, also directed Jumanji. And oh, fuck. Then he just went fucking downhill, bro. <laughs> but then he came back uh, for this one. Ju- Ju- okay, yeah. Jurassic Park 3, which, you know. Is that the fine. one with the uh, <laughs> the raptor dream? With the the Dream Raptor, yes, on on the that on the plane, the yeah, okay, best Jurassic Park. as well, yep, the best one. Uh, but his worst work was the two thousand and ten two thousand and ten film The Wolfman with uh, oh, Benicio God. del Toro. Oh, I'd scrub absolutely that from my fucking, fucking terrible movie. I should probably watch one of the worst terrible. movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's not in the camp of so bad it's good, is it? It's just bad, isn't no, it? No, it's just fucking bad. Oh, ter- I think it. he take. I think he takes a long time to turn into the Wolfman. Too, it's like the last, like the end of the movie or something. It's a fucking bad movie, and it's terribly edited, and it's dark but as fuck. Having seen the original Wolfman, happening. I-, I would like to compare. Sure. Um, now the crazy thing is that. Uh, um, Hugo Weaving is in that movie. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I've had such a great time making the Wolfman. I'm going to also be in Captain America. Yeah. Okay. Um, and here we are. So where the fuck is my Cap Wolf movie? <laughs> That's a great question. Get Joe what Johnson the fuck? back. Yeah. Make, make Wolfman, but with Captain America, I'm sure it'll be better. Absolutely. Couldn't be worse. No, I don't think so. Uh, there were many, as always. I love talking about like early casting for these roles, and mm-hmm. it's uh, always really damn, interesting to some... imagine. Uh huh. Could you imagine Mr. Will Smith as Captain America? Absolutely. Well, if they went, if they fucking pulled the trigger on Sam Wilson immediately, 
Oh, sure. But that that wouldn't have made sense for the time because Sam Wilson wouldn't be Captain America for another, what, like 10 years after the first film? Yeah, but even then, like, I don't know, Will Smith. Yeah, it would have been weird. What about Mr. Blue Guy himself, Sam Worthington? Who? Sam Sam Worthington, the star of Avatar. Star of what? James Cameron's Avatar. I know James Cameron. It's a it's a motion he's, picture. James Cameron isn't forgettable enough to say who, but the rest of it no, is. Yeah, no. Uh, what about Garrett Headland? Fucking who? Huh? There's a name you know and love. Star of <laughs> Tron Legacy. Was... Oh, okay, okay. Um, I am trying to remember what that guy looks like, and all I can remember is um, imagine a white uh, guy. Young CGI, um, the dude. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten sure. all names now, so thanks for that. Yeah, names are hard. Uh, Channing Tatum was also talked about. I could see it. Um, It'd be John weird, Krasinski. But I, could see it. I couldn't see that one. What about Ryan Felipe? <laughs> oh, f- uh, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> anyway, no. Chris Evans got the role. And we're all and, better uh, for it. <laughs> he did decline the role three times before accepting the part. Uh, not out of dislike for the role, but because he feared what the effects of the sudden increase of fame would be on his private life, Robert Downey Jr. convinced him to take the part and thus gain the freedom to sign on to other roles he'd want afterwards. After that, he had a meeting with director Joe Johnson and the producers who convinced him to take the role. And then they gave him $300,000. Fuck. Uh, Which, surprisingly, is not the lowest out of these early Marvel movies. Whose would have been the lowest? Can you guess? It's pretty easy to guess. I want to say Hemsworth. It is Hemsworth. But he he got somewhere between $150,000 to $200,000. Wow. That's... I mean, that's still a lot of money for people like you and me because we're fucking yes. broke. But, yes. like, I mean, I guess it makes sense. And you're right. It is easy to guess which one was the lowest paid in the uh, early days. But uh, can you God guess damn, how much? Not much. Can you guess how much Hemsworth gets now? How much he got paid for Love and Thunder? Surely he has to be in the millions. $20 million. 20? Whoo! <laughs> Oh, that's a spicy meatball. That is a spicy meatball. Uh, This is Chris Evans' sixth comic book movie after Fantastic Four, one and two, Mm -hmm. Um, The Rise of Silver Surfer. Uh, I want to take a guess at one. Okay. The Losers? He's in The Losers. Can you guess another one? It's a big one. It's a... mm, Is it one of the big two? I mean... Is it a Marvel or DC? I mean, it's 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 a big... It's a cult popular movie. Hmm. No, nothing's coming to me. I thought The Losers was like, is it Sin City? Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Oh, God, of course. (laughs) Oh, fuck. He's like the best character in that goddamn movie. (laughs) He's very good in that movie. And he also voiced uh, voiced Casey Jones in TMNT. No Uh, shit. Yeah. He's That's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, he's, he's he's all right in that movie too. Uh, there we go. I uh, will. I will. Uh, also, let's talk about the shield. 
In the, co- in the comics, it's made of vibranium and adamantium. Obviously, mm-hmm. they couldn't use adamantium because Fox had the rights to the X-Men at the time, so it's just made of, of uh, vibranium in the MCU. And I'm sure nerds were real, like, normal and cool about that. Oh, oh how could they not be? And uh, also the shield that Captain America uses in the early stages of the film, that, um, you know, the very shieldy looking one. Uh, the kite-shaped one. Yes. Um, is based on the, the original design from the comics, but uh, they uh, had to change the shield because it was very similar to a comic character called The Shield. <laughs> There's never been an original idea ever. Yeah, I looked up a picture of this character. I don't know who made that comic, but it is literally that shield, but like on his chest. Like it's, I was going to say, like, how old is that character? Honestly. Oh, oh wow. That is just that fucking old. shield, isn't it? Yeah. Pep Comics. <laughs> Pep Comics, yeah. It's like someone stapled that fucking shield to his torso. Mm-hmm. That's that's not right. That doesn't seem good at all. Uh, is it a poncho? Why is his torso shaped like that? <laughs> I'm, Comics, look, man. I, I'm no artist, but that seems off. Um, uh-huh. Well, I'm, I'm glad that they did have the kite shield in there, and we'll talk about that more when we get there, I guess. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. One last thing. Um, this is written by Marcus and McFreely, uh, who wrote uh, Endgame and fucking Civil War. I think they were, wrote Civil War. Um, really? But the, uh, Winter Soldier... Um, I think they, I think they wrote all the cap movies. So that's, uh, that's certainly something. Oh, I have a go. statement to make by the end of this podcast that I'm not going to blow now. But they that do is have, okay. They do have one blemish though. And that is Thor, the dark world, which they also wrote. But, okay. Um... That's rough. Never mind. I'm going to just save myself <laughs> from that statement. <laughs> uh, but yes, they, they wrote uh, winter soldier, civil war, infinity war, hey, and Endgame. So. Hey, you never know. Thor the Dark World could surprise us and actually be fucking amazing. I don't know. It's been a while. I think it's I'm a not holding movie. my breath. I don't think, I think it's I amazing. Will pass out. Uh, but in saying that, Joss Whedon uh, did do a, a rewrite on the script because he was already hired to, to direct the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, I just got to make some character connections. The structure of the thing was really tight and I loved it, but there were a couple of opportunities to find his voice a little bit and some of the other characters and make the connections so that you understand exactly why he wanted to be who he wanted to be and progressing through the script to flesh it out a little bit. So there you go. What film was that for? For this one. For this one, okay. Mr. Joss Whedon. All right. Yeah, okay. Let's... Talk about the plot of Captain America, the first Avenger. In the present day. Oh, this comes from, I always do this, uh, like start and I'm like, oh no, I have to say. This comes from marvelcinematicuniverse.fandom.com. Always got to cite your sources. It's important. Exactly. It's... And this is. God, I hope there are no kids listening to us. <laughs> by somebody. I also hope that. In the present day. Researchers in the Arctic Circle uncover the buried wreckage of a large wing-shaped aircraft. Wing-shaped. That's not... Okay. I can't, While investigating... I, I, I can't pick... I can't pick holes in this. <laughs> While investigating 
the aircraft's interior, two of the researchers discover a frozen circular object with a red, white, and blue motif. In March 1942, Hydra forces led by Johann Schmidt invade a stone church in Tonsberg, Norway, seeking a mysterious cosmic artifact known as the Tesseract, which possesses untold powers. Upon discovering the true Tesseract, Schmidt has the churchkeeper who guarded it killed. Well, I mean, he kills him himself, along with everyone else in the village. No, he has the village shelled, and then he kills the guy. He kills Filch from the Harry Potter movies. Yes, but like this says that he has him killed, but he did it himself. Yeah, well... Uh, he he ordered his gun to kill that man. <laughs> yes, with his gun, finger. Kill this man. It's, is that uh, your German? Act? Okay, you know what? I can't. We can't get hung up on. I your didn't accent. do a German. That was just. That was just my. <laughs> that was just. That was just an accent. That wasn't particularly <laughs> German. That was just an accent. Good. I'm glad. Jesus. Otherwise, I would have said, "Gun, <laughs> kill this man." You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do like that your first port of call for German accents is Uda from The Simpsons. <laughs> it absolutely is. Oh, I can't Don't run. I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Uh, why the fuck are those headlights so bright at the beginning? Why, why is there just like there's like a flash of headlights of the car driving towards us and then all of a sudden the screen just flashes white for no reason? What, in, in Norway? No, in, like, they were talking about the beginning of the movie now. In the, oh, okay. In, in the, in the uh, snow, in the, in the be- very beginning of the movie. Because you need bright headlights the movie's been on in for, snowstorms, for, man. Yes, but the movie's been on for a split second. Literally fuck just you and your eyes, And mate. you see, like, <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Um, I, like, I like the future laser digger. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, okay. The laser digger that does little, little spinnies. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I'm a big fan of it. immediately an, an knew. Go on. Huh? What? Oh, I was just going to say those people immediately knew what that shield was and who, who it was, and they made a big deal, I, or like immediately. At least one of them did. And like, he, he seemed like. Was, was he an army guy? I don't. I don't know who these fucking people are. I don't know. Uh, who are they? Ultimately, I guess don't it doesn't come back. matter. Actually, no, no. One of them oh, does they don't say... don't come back uh, at all. No, they don't come back at all. Uh, but one of them does say that we need to get the colonel on the line. So they are obviously mm. like military connected. So it makes sense that they might know who the fuck Captain America is, I guess. Um, sure. But yeah, many questions raised. None of them answered. Uh, except for who is... What is this fucking star-spangled bullshit? Uh... But I, I love I love a good in medias res cold open hat cold open. Mm-hmm. Um, I, wrote, I didn't, <laughs> so I wrote cold open in my notes and didn't realize the pun until just <laughs> it's then. Cold, it's so it's, cold. It's in the Arctic. Anyway, uh, yeah, love me, uh, and a cold open in the middle of things. We got intrigue. People who haven't read the fucking story and don't know Captain America's deal are like, oh, what the fuck's going on? Um, yeah. It's good. I like it. It's mysterious. I also really like that shot of uh, Cap Shield in the ice. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Nice and icy. Mm-hmm. Um, bad guy is bad. I've written here. Um, well, he's a Nazi. He's uh, is he though? He didn't even have to do anything bad to be like he's bad. He's is dressed he a Nazi? like a Nazi. 
don't know. He's not wearing any symbolisms. I mean, I mean, he's wearing a lot of symbols, and he's dressed very Nazi-like. But he's he's a Nazi I mean, in the same way that like Star Wars stormtroopers are Nazis. Oh yeah, yes, like, exactly. They're they're pretty much Nazis, but they don't have the the, the big symbol on them. Um, a bit of trivia here: um, Johann Schmidt says. Uh, Isn't that just John Smith? <laughs> yes, Agent Smith. Um, oh my God! It's all connected. <laughs> so yeah, he says he he has a line. He says, "And the Fuhrer digs for trinkets in the desert." Do you know what this is a reference to? I was going to say, is that a reference to Ark of the Covenant? It is a reference to Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, which Joe Johnston worked on. Oh, really? When he worked at ILM. Well, that's cool. I like that. I do like that, um, you know, this movie's got a very pulp adventure sort of feel to it. So it's it makes sense that it would reference other pulp adventure movies like Indiana Jones and, you know, Nazis. There's a common thread here. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I, I'd watch a, like, a whole bunch of retro pulp adventure movies with Nazis as the bad, as the bad guys. Like, you could have just stopped it. I'd watch a whole bunch of retro. I mean, yeah, I could have adventure stopped movies. There, but... All right, so back in Norway, uh, I've got some more fucking notes. The one mm-hmm. that catches my eye most uh, immediately is the one that simply says "Get fucked, kid." <laughs> now that's for the uh, the church keeper's young uh, ally friend. The, the guy gets, gets flattened. Just absolutely fucking destroyed alongside the church wall <laughs> when the tank rolls through. Uh, mm. He comes in and he warns uh, Filch from Harry Potter, like, hey, yep. Nazis are coming, and he just gets fucking wrecked. Um, <laughs> I also have the Hydromobile is too fucking cool. That's a cool car. Yeah, the car's really cool. They say that that's that's like a real car, but it never looks real at all during the movie. It always looks like a cartoon. It looks like something out of one of the 90s Batman movies. Yeah, but or more like Nazi. Sin City. <laughs> yeah, that too. Like, it's just a weird... I don't know. Anyway. Um, evil um, Hugo Weaving is best Hugo Weaving. Uh, of I course, yes. I don't think there's going to be much opposition on that. Nope. Uh, 100% true. All the Hydra myth-chasing dovetails nicely for audiences who recently watched Thor, because I believe they came out in the same year, or at least maybe a year apart. Yeah, correct? same year, yep. So yeah, uh, talking about Odin and Yggdrasil and the fucking Norse gods and shit, that dovetails mm-hmm. nicely. Yes. Um, <laughs> I do have, burying the Tesseract might have been just as effective, if not more effective, than like secret button wall box. Because <laughs> the button he pushes to open that wall box to find the Tesseract isn't particularly well hidden. And no. also, what if they had just driven the tank through that wall? <laughs> yeah we'll never know it really it's just lucky that they didn't conveniently didn't first. happen uh-huh um but yeah whoops we ran over the tesseract guess uh guess we're fucked what is the oh we'll get to it later anyway in 1943 steve rogers hang on, is hang on. no oh, okay. i have i have one other thing after uh johann schmidt shoots the church keeper the camera like zooms in on his face and he like kind of cracks his jaw 
And yes. then the camera pans down to his Hydra lapel pin. Yes. And there's blood on the pin. Is that his blood? I don't well, know. Whose blood is that? I don't know. And I don't know like, why he's doing that jaw thing either. Because he's got a weird face thing going on that we'll find out about later. But, like, obviously... Yeah, but he, he never once on does it. He only no, does he it when he's wearing his mask. He's, like, you know, human <laughs> when he has to fix it. skin or whatever the fuck he's got on his face. Yeah, so, like, I, I like the blood on the pin. It's a really good look. It's a mm-hmm. really good, like, uh, foreshadowing for the Red Skull, like, later reveal. Yeah. But it's unclear on whose blood it is and why it's there. And, like, zooming in on his face as he does the jaw crack implies that it came from him, I mm. guess. I don't know. It's weird. I like it I ultimately, know, but it, I, I have questions. <laughs> in 1943, Steve Rogers is once again rejected for military duty on the battlefields of World War II, despite making multiple attempts at different enlistment offices due to his frail physical appearance and numerous health issues. While attending Stark Expo with Bucky Barnes, Rogers attempts to enlist again. After overhearing Rogers' conversation with Barnes about wanting to help in the war, Abraham Erskine allows Rogers to enlist as a candidate of Project Rebirth, a super-soldier experiment being conducted by the Strategic Scientific Reserve under the supervision of Erskine, Chester Phillips, and Peggy Carter. All right. The the uh, the introduction to Rogers with the uh, tiny man behind big newspaper gag. <laughs> yeah. Very very good. That's good. Yeah. That um that first shot. Oh, the... the guy next to him has an absurdly small newspaper too. It's very funny. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but um. So the this uh, the the skinny effect on Steve here. It mm-hmm. throughout the beginning of the movie, it sort of it's good and it's bad. There's bad shots. There's good shots. Um, there are th- bits where it looks fine. Uh, there are bits where I'm like, man, that looks surprisingly good, all things yeah. considered. And then there are bits where I'm like, oh, oh it's no. weird. It's like um, the shots where he's like moving, or um. I don't know. The shots where they, it's further away look pretty uh-huh. pretty good, and then but when there's shots where it's just a close up and his head like kind of floats around, it just doesn't look amazing. Yeah, there were a couple of shots where I'm like looking at his mouth and his chin, and something's not lining up. Yes, it just looks fucking. It doesn't hold up to scrutiny, but in passing, I think it looks fine. So most of the shots were done by a Los Angeles company called Lola that specializes in digital plastic surgery. They've got in quotes here. Uh, the technique involves shrinking Chris Evans in all dimensions. They shot each skinny Steve scene at least four times. Once like a normal scene with Evans and his fellow actors and actresses in the scene. Once with Evans alone in front of a green screen so his element could be reduced digitally. Again with everyone in the scene but with Evans absent so that the shrunken Steve could be reinserted into the scene. And finally, with a body double mimicking, mimicking Evans' actions in case the second technique was required. Wow. When Evans had to interact with other characters in the scene, they had to either lower him or raise the other actors and actresses on, on Apple boxes or elevated walkways to make skinny Steve shorter in comparison. Another technique involved grafting Evans' head onto the body double. This technique was often mostly used when Evans was sitting or lying down or when a minimum of physical activity was required. And now I know you mean like digitally grafting his head onto <laughs> no, the body double. No, just but took his head. <laughs> just took the guy's head off and swapped it. Yeah. So that one guy gets to live in Chris Evans' body for like an hour or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, like I said, the, uh, there are a lot of sh- a lot of times it does work really well, and then there's weird close-ups where it doesn't. But I think at the fine. time, I remember lo- I remember it looking quite good. Yes. The further we get away from it, I'm like, ah, oh, it's a it's a bit rough in places. But I still think, like, especially knowing now how much effort went into that, mm-hmm. I I appreciate it if nothing else. The um the scene immediately following that uh, intro where he's in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy's like yelling at the screen. He's telling him to shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy stands up and turns around and like, this is a bit on the nose, but it works, I guess. Uh, the movie says, uh, "Face any threat, no matter the size." Oh, like, does it? I never stands- noticed. <laughs> yeah, the the voice. Yeah, it, I mean, this at just the same time, just as the scene ends, and the guy's like looming over him. It says that. Um. Yeah, it's a bit on the nose, but it works. It's fine. It's funny. Yeah, if there's uh, one thing I'll say about this movie, it's not it's not subtle. Nope. Um, <clears throat> it has some things that it wants to hammer home, and I think it does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the scene where Rogers is in the uh, like application clinic, and he's got his fucking test results in front of the doctor, yeah. and the doctor's looking at it, and it's just a fucking laundry list of things. Yeah. I've got written, Steve Rogers is that one Simpsons gag with all of Mr. Burns' diseases <laughs> trying to get in the doorway all at once. Yeah. That is They're all trying to fit in. None of them are killing him, but God, is he... A slight breeze could kill Steve mm-hmm. Rogers. Yeah. That's very good. Um, I also like the uh, pre-power characterization of Steve Rogers is really strong. He, you know, stands up to bullies. He believes in doing the right thing. We yeah. also see that he doesn't let laws get in the way of what he thinks is the right thing because mm-hmm. he's breaking many laws by applying over right. and over again and lying on his documents. Mm. Yeah. Good guy, Steve. Right right from the beginning. Doesn't need yep. those muscles. Yep. Uh, the um, alley fight is fun. I I love the trash can shield. And also, mm-hmm. the line, I can do this all day, has endured in the MCU <laughs> longer than Steve Rogers himself has. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Making an appearance as recently as this year in a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bucky's yep. there. Yep. So we get an introduction, an introduction to Bucky. and uh, Literally kicks butt. Kicks butt. And Kicks that guy right in the ass. He's got like a big brother vibe to him. Mm-hmm. Um, During yeah. the scene, you get the, like, I am I know it's throughout this entire movie, but this scene is where it's like first sort of clicked for me on the rewatch. It's a very desaturated movie for the most part. Yeah. It's very, it's very not... gray and sepia. <laughs> very brown. <clears throat> yeah, very gray, very sepia, very old looking, but not like naturally old. Right. How old it's how my brain's movie old. old good look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, they go to the expo. Mm-hmm. Now this is, this is not the Stark, Stark expo. expo. I was gonna say, what expo is this? Because like coming off the back of Iron Man 2, my assumption was that that's exactly what it was, but mm. I don't think it is. Howard's definitely got a, a stage there where he's putting on a show, but I don't think it's yeah. his thing specifically. I will say there's a fun little nod to the OG Human Torch. There, you get to see yes. the fucking synthoid. 
Is it? So, yeah, in the exhibition, there's a mannequin in a red jumpsuit under a glass dome. That is a reference to the android, the original Human Torch, mm-hmm. the first superhero created by Timely Comics in 1939, which eventually became Marvel Comics. Um, he was also a part of the Invaders, along with Namor and Captain America. Correct. Marvel Comics and, and all their child sidekicks. <laughs> Marvel Comics recycled the name and abilities with the Fantastic Four's Johnny Storm, and obviously Chris Evans played Johnny Storm. Ah, it all comes full circle. You know what the Human Torch like Androids deal was? Mm-mm. No. So idea. he was a so he was a robot, right? He was a robot mm. built to be like as human as possible. But the problem is, whenever his skin was uh, came into contact with oxygen, he fucking burst into flame. <laughs> oh, cool! That's what his power was. That's pretty cool. It's fucking great. Also, I think he had a kid sidekick named Toro. Who was just a mini <laughs> okay. human torch? I don't know. Right, uh, the, the invaders were fucking weird. Howard Stark kisses a random woman on stage. Yeah, he'll like father, he'll like do that. son. I guess. I gotta That's say, where he his, gets it from. his stage girls are better. They got top hats. <laughs> That's true. They win for sure. I, I even have uh, a note here for uh, young Howard has a sick top hat. Yep. <laughs> At the expo, Howard Stark demonstrates his semi-functional reversion technology. It's a precursor to Tony Stark's repulses, perfected for his Iron Man armor. They both have an orange glow when functioning. There hmm. you go. It's a little, a little connection there. Uh, Stanley Tucci's here, and it, he's, he's great such and everything. A fucking joy! God damn, he's the Tooch man. Love he's me great. some Tooch. <laughs> love the love the Tooch. What a legend! Uh, again, like this is this movie has a ca- has a couple of cases of like, or a f- more than a couple of cases of. It's just a shame that like it's set when it is because none of these characters can come back or yeah yeah you know. Uh, um, the, but yeah, there's no chance that Tommy Lee Jones has aged out and lived <laughs> from the 1940s <laughs> to now. Unless they got him I mean, with the Super Soldier Serum. Maybe. Who knows? Um, Fucking Bucky yeah. survived that long. Freeze him. I found a really great bit of IMD, IMDb trivia here for Stanley Tucci about uh, why he took the role. It's a very, very detailed, um, Was it the money? meaningful story. He's, here it is. Stanley Tucci took the role of Dr. Erskine because the role enabled him to use a German accent, which he always wanted to do. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And you know what? As far as German accents go, his I think is possible. It's he does fun, it all right. It's a fun he doesn't, time. He doesn't do what um, Hugo Weaving does and pronounce uh, "victory" with a W, which I mean, <laughs> me. I said it like Dracula. <laughs> Wickedly. Oh man, I One, can't wait to debut three. in fucking Blade. No, that's the count. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my Dracula. <laughs> oh fuck! It's all gone horribly wrong. Um, yeah, I feel like you get two two different German accent. Well, you get a few different German accents, but two or three like prominent ones in this movie, and I think they're all good in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like Tucci's the best. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actor, but Arnim Zola's is uh fun. 
Yes. Weaving Weavings is the least ambitious, I think. But it's fine. It's he's good, so I don't care. Possible. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, if I if I so, like had to listen to it without any of the imagery on screen, I'd be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he sounds German. Yeah. Again, possible. During basic training, Phillips is unconvinced by Erskine's claims that Rogers is the right person for the procedure, but relents after seeing Rogers commit an act of self-sacrificing bravery. The night before the treatment, Erskine reveals to Rogers that Schmidt underwent an imperfect version of the procedure and suffered negative side effects due to his inner ambition for power and obsession with becoming a superior man. However, he reassures Rogers that he chose him because he believed Rogers was an inherently good man and one that... Because he had been weak his whole life, would not lose respect for the strength he would gain. Back in Europe, Schmidt and Arnim Zola, using one of his machines, successfully harnesses the energies of the Tesseract, intending to use the power to fuel Zola's inventions. Meanwhile, Schmidt, having discovered Erskine's location, dispatches an assassin to kill him. Yep, that all checks out. That all checks Um, out. So, at uh, boot camp, we got some new characters, uh, I think... They're a lot of fun. Haley Atwell mm-hmm. as Peggy Carter is just fucking great. It's doesn't take that guy shit. Flattens him. Flattens no, the fuck out of him. Knocks that dude the fuck out. Well, <laughs> it's it's real good. Um, as you said, part of the issue with this being set uh, in the forties and being a period piece is that we don't really get to see any of these characters uh, much beyond this. Mm-hmm. Peggy Carter, I think, is the prime example of characters I would love to see come back and do stuff. I'd like and, to see something about the Howling Commandos. Yeah. Yeah, mm. wouldn't you just? Yes. I've got a thing about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, we've, we've gotten a bit of Peggy Carter since then, which has been nice. I, I could always use more. And Dum Dum uh, was in Agent cool. Carter for a bit, apparently. But I haven't seen that, so. Uh, yes. Yes, that is correct. That show's not bad. I so wish I it had ended. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know... I, sorry, I wish it had finished rather than ended. You know? Yes, I gotcha. I knew what you meant. Um, so yeah, Haley Atwell, she's a lot of fun in the role. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is just the funniest motherfucker in this movie. Like, goddamn, <laughs> he doesn't give any shits. About I, anything. I don't know if it's just because he's like old and he's just doing it for the paycheck. But yes, that's what it is. <laughs> some of his line reads are the best, and <laughs> just wants to get it out of the I'm way. Not sure if he, I'm not sure if he's like not giving a fuck and giving zero effort or mm-hmm. if he knows that it's going to be very funny so he's deliberately doing it this way <laughs> because it is working whatever he's mm-hmm. doing is working and we get it we got a training montage i love a training there's a few montages in this movie yeah our, that rolls into the other thing mm-hmm. but uh what's the other we'll thing the, the the howling commander oh, okay. thing okay um He's uh he gets the he pulls the flag down he he pulls the knocks the the pole over to get the flag. Yeah, he shows he's got Very brains smart. to go along with his heart. If smart if not Steve, fucking physique. So wholesome and naive that Steve Rogers. Yep. Um. <laughs> okay. This is this was in IMDb trivia, and it doesn't need to be there. I it's. Okay, I'm just going to read it. Go go for it. During his training, Steve Rogers pulls the pin out of the flagpole. 
enabling him to grab the flag and a ride back to the base. Unfortunately, that also means that the flag hits the ground, which is a big mistake. You never let a flag, standard or banner, touch the ground because that dishonors it. The only time it can touch the ground is if you die defending it. However, since this is not the American flag, but a flag for the camp, the protocol's different, therefore Rogers made no mistake. But why the fuck did you put this on wow. IMDb trivia? That, that's so specific and intense. And then also to just completely undercut it afterwards <laughs> yeah. is gold, and I love whoever wrote that. It's like You're doing God's you shouldn't work. do this. You shouldn't do this, but it's fine to do if it's okay. You should if fucking it's not, die defending that flag, except not that flag, though. Don't worry about it. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. I really shouldn't have um, wrote this. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're like immediately going back on it and just can't find yeah. the backspace. <laughs> like, oh god, oh god, dig up, stupid. Oh shit, I press enter, fuck. <laughs> oh god, it's sent. Uh, so in Europe, while this is all mm-hmm. happening, you got the, the Zola and Schmidt stuff. Zola's yeah. very first on-screen appearance being through that like big green magnifying lens is a fun yeah. reference to his comic book appearance as a mm-hmm. fucking... TV face in a robot torso. Yes. Which is amazing. And also... That'll never come back up again. Yeah, well, I was going to say, unbeknownst to everyone at the time, that's a fun little bit of foreshadowing. I like that. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. It's good. Uh, and uh, also, my only other note regarding Europe at this time is, Schmidt is like, crank this motherfucker up. That's when he turns <laughs> up the machine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Way. Hang on, what's right. German for 11? Eleven. <laughs> I think. I think that's oh, correct. It's, it's it's elf. Elf? Yes. Elf. elf. Like E L F. God right, damn right. it, Germany. <laughs> um, crazy made up language. The scene between Steve and uh, Erskine is uh, very sweet and wholesome. It's very touching. There's a lot of good yeah. chemistry between people in this movie, and that's that's one of them that I like. And a lot. the fucking the end of the scene when he's when they go on to take the drink, and and the and Stanley Tucci's like, yeah, no, 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 you can't do that. You got a procedure tomorrow. You're <laughs> Steve. Steve's like, oh, I can, we can do it after. And he's like, drink it after. No, we'll drink it now. <laughs> just I, I, it. I don't have a procedure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's great. very good. Um, so when uh, the, the scene comes where like they finally settle, well, I say finally, this really happens quite quickly. They settle mm-hmm. on Steve as the ideal candidate by uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character throwing a dummy grenade into uh the, the pack of uh, trainees. Everyone yes. scatters, except Steve, who jumps on the grenade. Except, not everyone scatters. Steve jumps on the grenade, but Peggy is right behind him. Right. So close to doing the same. Like, oh, that's a nice little touch. I like that a lot. I put here, first the flag, now the grenade. It's like they want us to like Steve or something. He's literally too good. He's too... Oh, my God. He's... He's almost a Mary Sue, but not quite. He would be if he wasn't, like, Mr. Burnsing with disease. Yeah, exactly. Literally could be pushed over by a frail wind. Like, he can't be, he can't be a Mary Sue because he's got a friend who has to fight his literal battles for him until he can't. 
right. well, until uh, until he gets the muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Erskine finally gives our villain his uh, name. We don't actually hear the name Johann Schmidt until Erskine mm-hmm. tells it during the backstory, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. And I, I like that that flashback... Uh, the way it's edited gives it a very pulpy vibe with the fiery backgrounds and the sepia color grading and like it, it's all very it feels like something you would see in like a really old comic book um, yeah that said mm-hmm. nope I, I lost my place in my notes never mind okay. <laughs> it's gone oh wait <laughs> well, no right, yeah, the, fi- okay, no, the fiery no, no. background is super weird yep I don't know why there's fire there. He just injected him. Is it because he's burning under the skin? Is it symbolic? I assume well, it I think is, that's but it, what it, it's fucking weird. He doesn't he... I don't know. He mentioned something at the beginning about he'd already been burned or something. That is know. true. Maybe yeah. it, Maybe it's literal. Maybe. Maybe it is literal. Um... Is this... Yeah, so there's a scene here where Red Skull's getting painted. Someone's painting yeah, and you get, him. You get the little tease. The dude's standing there in the dark, and there's someone attempting to paint him while he's standing in the dark. Well, no, 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 no. The light is on before Zola walks into the room. Uh... It's it's after Zola walks into the room to start talking to Schmidt that Schmidt turns the light off, because I guess at that point, the whole Red Skull thing isn't, like, a a well-known thing. But the, it, but Zola sees the painting. Is the dude not painting him as Red Skull? Well, judging by how much red is on that fucking easel, that yes, he is. Doesn't but like, sense. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's ashamed of it. He does talk about how he's no longer the Führer's ideal uh, ideal Aryan. Uh, well, he, he wasn't before either. No, he wasn't. If anything, <laughs> I can see this. <laughs> um. Okay, so back to the, the, the plot. Uh, in New York City, Erskine subjects Rogers to the super soldier serum, putting him in a special chamber where he's injected with the super, with the super soldier serum and dosed with Vita rays, or Vita rays, I don't know. I love PlayStation Vita rays. <laughs> Vita means life, life rays. Rogers yeah, emerges <laughs> from the chamber ta- taller and with an enhanced physique. And kind of oily. There kind of oily a bit soggy if you could say after witnessing the success of the experiment one of the attendees reveals himself to be schmidt's assassin heinz kruger who shoots erskine killing him kruger grabs the last vial of the super soldier serum and escapes the facility into the streets of new york rogers runs after kruger using his new strength and stamina to run down kruger's car on foot Despite attempting to escape in a submarine rogers manages to catch kruger but a vial of the super soldier the vial of super soldier serum is broken in the process and the assassin immediately commits suicide by cyanide pill before he can interrog- be interrogated for information. Yeah, you see his little <sighs> fucking fake tooth crack off and everything. I hate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gross. Don't do that. Um. So just prior to that scene, you get uh, Steve and Peggy in the car on the way to the experiment. Yeah. Uh, they have a, a charming, awkward kind of yeah chemistry to them. Every, there's so many good like chemistry pairings going on here, like mm-hmm. the mentor stuff between Steve and Erskine, the brotherly stuff between Bucky and Steve, 
the yeah. love interest stuff between Peggy and Steve. It's good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah. So the, the character stuff's really good. I will um, say, though, they are laying on the little guy shtick a bit strong by the time we get to the experiment. Right. Like, where the senator looks at Steve and is like, someone get this kid a sandwich. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. <man." laughs> Probably hasn't been able to eat. He's going on, he's having an operation. This is where Steve starts to crack jokes as well. Um, when he's in the chamber, uh, like, he's just been injected. And the, they they lift him up. They cl- close the chamber around him. He pulls his Hulk face for a little bit. He d- yeah, he does one. like the the close up. Uh huh. Eyes wide, mm-hmm. teeth gritted. Yep. Zoom pan on the fucking eyes. Yep. Uh, and Erskine like goes to check on him, and uh, Steve's like, "It's probably too late to go to the bathroom or something like that." It is funny that this is after the injection. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. And yeah, so the, he goes through it all, and uh, they open it up, and there he is—the big, dehydrated man that's been feeding on nothing but steroids and rice for months. Chris, Chris he Evans can't, can't possibly be dehydrated. He's so wet. <laughs> well, you know, he lost all the hydration. Oh yeah, it's all and coming it's on out the outside. Muscles. Oh no. Uh, yeah, he. D- he worked out for this movie. Yeah, no shit he did. Uh, <laughs> I've got a note here that's just, that's a beefy man. <laughs> um, so Haley Atwell, <laughs> Haley Atwell, Peggy Carter comes up and like, like she's like, oh, and she like touches his chest. Um, so <laughs> Haley Atwell surprisingly touching at Chris Evans' chest as he emerged from the pod upon turning into Captain America was very much improvised and the surprise on her face is genuine as she admitted in interviews she was very taken by Chris's physique and nearly broke character and ruined the take that made it into the film as a result. Yeah, I've got Atwell can't help but touch. Fair. <laughs> it's fair. Can't blame I mean, him. God damn. Uh, I like, so Stark's here. He's helping with the experiment. He's, you know, pushing and pulling levers. But he's too cool to take his hand out of his pocket for the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's doing so much of this just one-handed, one-handed. He's pocket. very cool. I do love his goggles. They're very, very stylish. Mm-hmm. They killed the Tooch! They do kill the Tooch. Kill him, Steve. Uh, I've put here. We'll say if if Rogers didn't have an iron moral compass already, Erskine's dying moment, where he's like kind of points yeah. at his heart. That mm. would have done it. It's yep. uh it's a genuinely kind of Sad moment because yeah. no one likes seeing the Tooch die. No, no one wants to see the Tooch die. Do you find it weird that the uh, Hydra agent exploded his bomb in the least lethal moment possible? <laughs> yeah. Like he yep. exploded the briefcase in the room that everyone was in after everyone left it. <laughs> Smart guy. Smart guy. Um, Peggy runs then- out on the street. The car's driving away. Mm-hmm. It's pretty far away from her. And uh-huh. she fucking aims and fucking just one shots that guy. Well, fucking you get that thick, like we're gonna we're gonna make this three D later shot, right? Where her arm is pointing down the camera. Mm-hmm. It how could it not hit? We put so much effort into that one shot. But Before then you get there though, oh, as yeah. the guy's like running out of the building, the front desk lady with the fucking Tommy gun. Oh Not yeah! Only doesn't stop Hydra Man. Uh-huh. She actively provides him with a better weapon. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was that's funny. 
You've done a terrible job, woman. God damn. Also, fun fact, uh, the uh, agent here is the actor who played Thorin Oakenshield in the Hobbit movies and also voiced Simon Belmont in the Castlevania Netflix series. Ah. Yeah, that guy's fucking cool. Um, Richard Armitage. That yes. guy? Yeah, that guy. So, well, I'll talk about him in a second. But, um, yeah, so Peggy hits that guy as they're driving away. Hell of then a they, they turn around and start driving back towards her. No, they don't turn shooting. around. The what? car is disabled. It crashes. The driver Oh, is he gets dead. another car. He gets into another car that's already that's right. facing the other way. Because I, right. I remember thinking at the time, I- I'm sure he turns around and it's really weird. So I was paying specific attention to the fact that he gets another okay. car that's going the other All way. Right. Anyway, yeah, he starts driving towards her and she like shoots like 15 times and misses. I mean... Like, what the fuck? Shit, I, I wouldn't be able to shoot accurately if I had a car fucking rearing down on me. I'd be terrified. <sighs> anyway, it's a movie. Super strength, super speed, super jumping? How is that never brought up again? I mean... He does some big jumps in other movies. Maybe not like, I don't know. They don't really call attention to it, but I'm sure he does like, no, he does. Uh, him and Black Panther in Infinity War, they jump over that river. They do, they do a big jump. Don't remember that. Okay. As they're running, as they're running into the battle with, uh, Thanos's fucking goon squad. Yeah. Um, Black Panther and Captain America are outpacing literally everyone on the battlefield and they do a big jump over okay. this little river to get into the fight proper. Alright. Fair enough. It does there happen. Um, and we, as we see from later films, Captain America has fucking phenomenal leg strength. So he many sure does. Kicks. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, so, the scene where the submarine fills up with water, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, is, this made me laugh because... Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... The scene where the submarine fills up with water w- was only filmed in three takes due oh, to wow. Richard Armitage's aquaphobia. Oh no! So, fuck like it. I'm I'm also kind of like afraid of water, like a little bit. I don't like the I, idea of drowning. No, I, so like I wouldn't do that. For, I wouldn't do that in one take. <laughs> like I'd say, get fucked and get someone else. Fucking but he, PG it. <laughs> But he has aquaphobia and he did it in three takes. So fucking, fucking good work to that him. guy. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea of him, of uh, Steve running with his new body and new muscles and losing control. Yeah. Because like, we've all seen like animal, like newborn animals walking for the first time. We've seen babies learning to walk over the course of like months. Mm-hmm. The, Imagine just having muscles that you never knew existed before and running with them and being like, oh, this is great, and just not knowing how to fucking turn. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh god, I'm going too fast. And then you're in the fucking window of a bridal store. <laughs> um, yeah, he fucking throws that guy from underwater. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> it's like the most impressive feat of strength he does. Like, clearing that fence is pretty great. But yeah. have you ever thrown something from underwater to above <laughs> water? Shit loses all momentum, and he he really just fucking lands on that dock. It's mm-hmm. uh, quite the throw. Good stuff. Uh, good I, scene. I like, this I like it. Sequence. It's fun. Yeah, it's a good chase. We also get another picked... shield call ahead. I guess it's a call ahead, not a call back. Mm, sure. With Lucky Star Cab Shield. 
Mm-hmm. It's even got the star. We're getting closer with every single shield. <laughs> um, he takes that kid for what reason? Just to well, throw he's, him off he's the edge, and throw him in the water, and then the kid's like, "I can swim." <laughs> it's like so. There's a couple of moments there where he's like, "Okay, I'm, don't come any closer. I'm going to blow the fucking ginger kid's head off." Which, <laughs> right? In retrospect, only makes me think of the end of Hot Fuzz. Okay, sure. But uh, yeah, so he's about to kill him. And then he points the gun at Steve instead and goes to shoot and nope, no ammo. And in this moment, Steve does nothing. I guess he just kind of freezes because like no one expects to be shot at. Mm -hmm. And then the guy throws the kid in the river. Yeah. And then Steve was super worried. He runs over to save the kid and kids is like, nah, that's cool. I can swim. (laughs) Germans not teach their children to swim by like 12? I don't know. Seems unlikely. (sighs) This guy, okay, here's the other thing. This guy killed, like, four people all up. Mm-hmm. He kills uh, the lady with the Tommy gun. Yep. He kills Dr. Erskine. Mm-hmm. And then on the drive-by, after getting the Tommy gun, he kills two of the SSR agents. Okay. He fails to kill the ginger kid. <laughs> he fails yes. to kill Steve. He doesn't kill anyone else as far as I'm aware. His driver dies, I guess. So mm-hmm. we'll call it a generous five. This guy's not a very good, like, <laughs> terrorist, I guess. Nope. Um, one of the worst. Like, I mean, he probably could have killed Or one of the maybe. best? Yeah, I guess, like... One of the worst. He's not, he's hmm. not there to kill people specifically. <laughs> but he's not, if he was, he's not doing a good job. Um, I like the Hydra U-boat. The, the Hydra vehicles mm-hmm. thus far... Yes. A uh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, but I also love that Steve outswims it and punches it. <laughs> yeah. My my solution is to That's outswim his thing. this this fucking submarine and punch the submarine. That becomes his thing. He just punches things. He's very good no. at it. Well no, well, I mean he punches, he throws shields, he kicks. Mm-hmm. He's a man of many talents. Sure. He punches things with his fists and also punches them with shields. And his feet. Oh, yeah, and punches with his feet. Yep. Good punching all around. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, with Erskine dead and the super soldier, formu- super soldier formula lost, the SSR is ordered to join the war and engage Hydra directly. However, Phillips decides to leave Rogers behind and allow scientists to study him in an attempt to rediscover Erskine's formula. Senator Brand... Uh, approaches Rogers and instead offers him the chance to tour the nation for the USO to promote war donations using his image as the strong ideal soldier as a symbol for the public to rally behind, which Rogers accepts. During his work for the USO, Rogers performs in scripted stage shows as a star-spangled character, Captain America. As Rogers continues touring across the country, Captain America gains great popularity among the public, leading to increasingly more elaborate shows, as well as making appearances in film strips, comic books, and other memorabilia. Although Rogers is happy to be contributing towards the war effort, he grows increasingly wary of being paraded around while not being able to have a more direct role alongside those actively fighting. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you there? Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> you sorry, were quiet. I was... I was like, oh my god. Um, Zancast is fucked up again. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Uh, so, I am... Uh, there is a scene that happens in the middle of that. It's very brief. And it's basically the uh, Hydra moving away from the Nazis scene. 
It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, we're worse than the Nazis now. Uh, right. But we're not Nazis. We're definitely not Nazis. <laughs> yeah. I, I love... There's this bit where Schmidt's just throwing so much shade at his Nazi peers, and they don't seem to get it. They definitely don't see that he's about to turn on them until the very end uh, when <laughs> no. he vaporizes them, and I'm a big fan of the vaporizing Nazis angle. Good stuff. Yes, I I also love that. That it, I can get behind that. I can get behind More Nazi vaporization. Uh, what I, Absolutely. <laughs> what I have to laugh at, though, is the Hydra salute. Mm-hmm. I... I originally, I didn't have a problem with the Hydra salute for a long time. I thought, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's like Nazis, but double. Um, But (laughs) then someone once did it and said and shouted the words, hang glider. And now I can't unsee it. Hang glider? Yeah. Instead of hail Hydra, hang glider. Because it looks like they're on a fucking hang glider. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking arms out like that. And now I can't unsee it every time. Fair enough. Um, I love the fact that they, um, you know, he's he's finally a super soldier. He's he's strong. He's ready for fighting. And, and but they don't immediately make him, you know, an unstoppable superhero. It's like he's got to go. He's still got to work his way up. He's he's got to be this like form of entertainment. Used yeah, like the, the justification propaganda. That he needs to- stay away from the front lines because he's more valuable in a lab is good justification yeah. for not getting him on the front lines. Right. Uh, I do like um, the misdirect of, you know, the, the whole serving your country thing, talking it up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like that misdirect into a straight cut of Steve getting like jitters before a show and it's yep. played up like he's about to like, I don't know, jump out of a plane or something then you see the stage director behind him and it's like oh no he's just he's putting on a suit and putting on a show he's a fucking performing monkey he uh I, knocks out Hitler that a lot that's pretty dance, cool uh huh yes I, I fucking love that song and dance man <laughs> it's good it's real catchy um, also I think Cap gets better song and dance girls than uh Stark but that might just be me yeah I agree during the uh, the Bond rally musical numbers, Captain America repeatedly knocks out an actor playing Adolf Hitler by mock-punching him in the jaw. This is, of course, inspired by the cover of the first issue of Captain America. Um, the uh, comic Captain that American. they, you know, sell in the movie. Yes, but... Uh, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit different in the movie. Uh, the comic book that appears in the film bears the cover of the first issue of the actual Captain America comics cover dated March, 1941. The cover in Mm -hmm. this movie is modified from the original version to remove its depiction of Bucky due to the movie version of the character differing from his considerably younger comic counterpart. That would make sense. I I like that they go through the uh, effort of actually making these changes despite, you know, Really, only being people like us who will, you know, scrub through frames to check. Right. Uh huh. But like, they could have put the original one in there, and I just would have been like, "That's a fun little thing," even though it wouldn't mm-hmm. have made sense necessarily. Um, but even as it stands, and, uh, you know, that's a fun little reference. Yeah, and also, you know what? Captain America definitely fucks. You know that guy fucks for sure. Of course, he fucks. That, that chick not? walked up to him and, and said hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no totally. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll fucking talk about that. Um, 
I, I like that. Uh, I mean, we can talk about dream. it right now because I can tell you about I can tell you about that that chick that talked to him. You know about her? Oh no, I I meant the other chick, but uh, no, tell me about this chick. Laura Haddock plays an autograph seeker, the one that walks up and says hi. She also mm-hmm. plays uh, Star Lord's mother in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, um, this shit. character. Yes, this character in, uh, in in Captain America has now been retconned to be Peter Quill's grandmother. Ha. God, wait. There go. Oh, there, there's some maybe implications <laughs> there. Oh, no. There is. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Anyway, gonna not think about that. Um, I like this montage uh, that goes along with the song and dance. Uh, I, I like that it's showing all facets of Captain America's like propaganda experience it's not just the stage show it's the comics it's the films Mm -hmm. it's that one little uh shot of him filming stuff with uh like multinational crew of backup soldiers that you know mirrors a later shot that we'll see after he returns from the uh the war front in italy yeah um yeah yeah it's a it's a fun little sequence and then it feels like maybe the most colorful scene or sequence in the movie up until that point. And then as soon as it ends, the color's fucking gone. <laughs> yes. It is. Thanks for it War is. Two. Um, so back to the plot here. We've already talked about Schmidt uh, disintegrating. Yeah, the synopsis those guys. did that one thing where it doesn't fucking tell things in order again. Yep. My notes uh, Schmidt uses, yeah. Schmidt uses this moment to declare his secession. Succession. Mm-hmm. No, no, secession. From the Third Reich. you leave. Yes, uh, claiming that Hydra could grow no further in Adolf Hitler's shadow and will now follow his agenda. Hydra continued to siphon energy from the Tesseract, using the stored energy to create a variety of weapons and integrate it into a range of vehicles and other technology, quickly giving the faction the potential to become a major threat to the war front and the world at large. Hang in glider. November nineteen. 19- <laughs> in November 1943, while performing for active servicemen as well as encountering his colleagues from the SSR, Rogers learns that Barnes's unit was lost in a battle against Hydra. Despite Phillips' insistence on the futility of the situation, Rogers refuses to believe that Barnes is dead and becomes determined to mount a solo rescue attempt, receiving help from Carter and Howard Stark, who flew him behind enemy lines. That is... What, what was that? Front door made weird noise. Oh, good. Great. That's what you want. <laughs> That's what you want. Hang on a sec. I'm back. Oh, good. Um, behind enemy lines. That's where I was up to, right? Yes. Rogers manages to sneak into Hydra's main factory, where he finds and frees most of the captive soldiers who begin a riot and start escaping, while Rogers continues on to find Barnes, who he discovers in a separate room where he was being operated on. I'm not sure if the word operated... Operated on. He was just uh, having a simple procedure. Just a little operation. No alcohol. Can't have alcohol. They might have given him alcohol. Simple procedures. So, uh, it's real convenient 
Well, I guess it depends on your point of view, but it's real convenient that it's the 107th that are captured in Italy. Yes. Where Steve happens Very to be. coincidental. Uh, it's but the hey, I'll let it slide. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one where my best friend is stationed? No. Who, how could this have <laughs> happened? Um, Tommy Lee Jones's delivery continues to be pure gold, especially yes. in the bit where like Steve sort of uh, storms off. Peggy's looking just beyond the camera, and he's just mm-hmm. like, "If this, if you got something to say, now is the perfect time to not fucking say it." <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Marvel saving the ass shots for later films here. Dude moons him. Yeah. No ass. Yeah. Hey, what was the rating on this film? What do you mean? It's M. Well, what, what was it's an M, right? Hmm. Okay. That'll They're all M. Play a bit later. They're all M. Oh no, Ant Man's the Ant Man's a PG. <laughs> that's a weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know decision. why those specifically are PG, but here it's we are. Tiny violence. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, okay. Very, well, very small voice. I'll be inquiring again about rating later. I'm not sure how butt shots affect that. Uh, you would be the the man to ask, I believe. I mean, I'm, how much ass can and... you get away with? I mean, yeah, I'm sure you can just have an ass shot. They've they mm. put put them in other movies that were also M. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. So Steve and his Paragon streak. Continuing, uh, defying authority, you know, to, to do what he thinks is right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really strong characterization. Even if his, even if people don't like his characterization as man is good, it's still really strong. <laughs> it is, yeah. And um, <laughs> he has some good again with like these funny lines. Um... He says the crowds I'm used to are usually more uh, twelve because <laughs> he's not used. And that to... did get a good laugh out of me. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, Steve's good at everything, even drawing. He is. His, his I wonder. Sketchbook's if... really good. <laughs> I wonder if that came with the muscles. I don't know. He got um... muscular fingers, and they just know how to draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, finally got everything I wanted and I'm wearing tights. And I've just put, that just comes with being a superhero, apparently. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the job, man. Yeah. Um, speaking of tights, I love the makeshift costume. His, mm-hmm. uh, his USO, like, Bond selling gear. Yep. With the leather jacket over the top, with the helmet and the goggles and the straps. Love it. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Yeah. As, like, I, a, I like uh, all the... as a pre-costume costume. I like all of his looks in this movie. Uh, the the final the final suit he gets is is also really good too. I agree. Um, By the time we get to Endgame, I feel like we got to have uh, a bit of a ranking of the costumes of the various characters who have significant changes. But, uh, <laughs> sure. It's just just something to keep in mind. All right, we can do that. Um, yeah, remember that for yep. like a year and a half from now. <laughs> uh like you said Tommy Lee Jones is great really good here um there's a bit where they ask him if they've seen Barnes's name come across his desk and he's just like no I'm not doing this for you stares at them for a beat wait, <laughs> and waits and then he looks down <laughs> at his paperwork again and just does it <laughs> yeah, right. he's just being an obstinate old fuck for the hell of it 
Yeah, he's he's really really good. They the perfect casting for this role. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Jones. Um, uh, so while they're flying over uh, into enemy territory, Stark's yeah. flirting with uh, Carter is obnoxious and also perfect, contrasting right. with Rogers being the most naive motherfucker on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know what fondue is. Doesn't know what fondue is. Uh, assumes it's a sex thing, and with Stark, it yes. really could be. How often do you two uh, fondue? <laughs> hey, man. The 40s were a crazy time. Fondue could mean <laughs> literally anything at this point. Um, the hell I can't. I'm a captain. <laughs> I like that he says he's... it with a smile, too. He's having fun with it. Yeah, he he's so like. I like his little little quips in this movie. A little, very uh, very good. Yeah, like it, it's it would be easy to let a character who is plain and simple, a very good man, be boring. Mm. I don't think he's boring in this. No, he's not. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's good. He's good. I. Like that, uh, while he's infiltrating the... So the infiltration itself has some fun moments where he just jumps into the back of a hydro truck, doesn't look in the back at all, because it's moving, obviously. <laughs> yes. And the camera, like, focuses on him coming through the flaps and then looking, and then it cuts uh-huh. to two hydro guys who's just like, stop talking, look at him, look at each other, and he's just like, fellas? And then you get an outside shot of the truck as the canvas is going up and down as he's beating the shit out of them. There's a... The Hydra agents, especially in this scene, are fucking dumb. They're Absolute fucking idiots. Like They're the dumbest... <laughs> right. Like, they feel like fucking Power Rangers villains. They're so stupid and goofy. I love them. The dude, and I hate them. The dude looks in the back of the truck and sees the shield... <laughs> He's like, oh? And he just stares at it. It's just like, what's that shield-looking thing? And then, Ooh. poof, just it knocks into the face. Stripes. <laughs> oh, God, it's happening. <laughs> and then, <laughs> this, one of them's walking around, and there's a knock at the door. <laughs> and he That's just right. walks he to the door. And he just, he's like, oh, what's, who's there? <laughs> so, Duh? I think... I think part of what makes them so fucking goofy is the fact that they are covered head to toe. You can't see anything on these motherfuckers. They have <laughs> super dark goggles. Their faces are covered. They're, they're like weird Nazi gimps. It's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They have to do a lot of like, true. they have to do like a body, a lot of body acting. They're moving with their shoulders mm-hmm. and heads. They're, they're really pantomiming the fuck out of this. And that yeah. gives them a real Power Rangers ass feel. Yeah, I and, guess and so. Like the only thing Very they're funny. missing are the like weird, curious ooh, ooh, noises, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if that would add to it or detract from it. My, I'm, I'm leaning towards the add to it camp, honestly. <laughs> I'd be down for an additional cut of this, which we can just call the Hydra ooh, cut. <laughs> it just, it's just like endless scenes of him knocking. Knocking them out in stupid ways. Yeah, they're like poking their heads through doors and going, hmm? And mm. then getting fucking absolutely destroyed. Um, so Steve Steve goes and lets, uh, you know, lets all the prisoners out. Mm-hmm. 
And is it Dum Dum that's that looks at uh, who's the Asian? What's the Asian guy's name? Oh God, I um, cannot remember the character's name. I do know that he's the grandfather. Marita. Of... Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. He's yeah. the grandfather of um, Peter Parker's principal. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. So Dum Dum looks at. Hmm. They're played by the same actor. What's that? I believe the. Peter Parker's yeah, it principal. sounds about right. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't even notice actually. Now, that, now that you've said it, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, um but uh, yeah, everyone, so Dum Dum looks at, yeah, it's just what I just say. The fuck, they let an Asian in here? Like what the fuck? Like it's, in 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 his defense, it's the middle of World War Two. You've got the Nazis, you've got the Japanese, and the Italians. That's the axis. Like, he's in a he's a Japanese guy. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it is understandable. Uh, but this is very. <laughs> while we're talking of about its dumb, time, dumb I guess. Dudes, yeah, it's it's yes. it's, of a, it's a, it was a very different time, very different time. Not different enough though. Mm. There are still Nazis. Um, sure. Yeah, so on the subject of Dum Dum Dugan, did they like let him keep his hat when they took him prisoner just so that one guard could bat it off his head when they put him in the prison cell? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Why does he still have his hat? That's funny. Why do any of them have their hats? They don't need their hats to work. I would love a series on Disney Plus about the Howling Commandos. Dude. And you know what? You I'm know 100% what? 100% with you. What? A good way to introduce Wolverine. Oh, it fucking would be. Just have... Uh, was he going by Patch at that point? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Because, like, I, I wouldn't be against, you know, Logan with an eye patch. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of the Howling Commandos in this. Um, yeah, I, I want more of them. I want more of yeah. them. Uh, sure. The... <laughs> the little interaction between the prisoners and Captain America is fun, where they're just like, mm-hmm. uh, who, "Who are you?" It's like, "I'm, I'm Captain America," as if that's meant to fucking mean something. <laughs> right? By... Just look at each other, like, "What the?" <laughs> yeah, fuck? they're like, "This guy's literally insane." Followed by <laughs> thing where he's like, "I'll meet you guys outside, outside the in the forest. Uh, don't worry, I've KO'd Hitler two hundred over two hundred times." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would feel 100% safe in uh, in this guy's hands. We're all <laughs> fine. We're saved, guys. Um, they got the future tank. Ye olde future tank. Yeah, more badass Hydra vehicles. Very cool. Um, um, the beginnings of the Howling Commandos in that big, dumb, chaotic, and fun prison break sequence is great. You got the yep. French guy just blowing up a wall with one of the Hydra rifles. Mm-hmm. And the other guy's just like, yeah, okay. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like he's questioning him. You know how to use yeah. that? Was yeah. Like, yeah. Fair enough. Um you, do you ever um read that the British member of the Howling Commandos, I don't know names beyond Dum Dum Dugan and Gabe Jones. Um apparently that's supposed to be uh Union Jack. Oh, and James if you Montgomery, at- James Montgomery Fallsworth, Fallsworth, yeah, 
Yeah, Fallsworth. So that is the name of the character that was Union Jack in the comics. Okay. Uh, if you look at his jacket, it's, mm-hmm. it's completely brown, but it does have <laughs> of course a, it, is. <laughs> it does have a um, a design, a pattern to it that almost looks like a big Union Jack, like straight ah. lines down, diagonal lines going in, and horizontal lines to make the big uh, cross of the Union Jack. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I always thought the Union Jack character design was very good. I would have loved to have seen more of that. But you know what? This is fine. I'll settle for this. Maybe one day. Doesn't have to be that guy. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that guy. We can we can make Union Jack anyone. If we're going to mm. have Black Knight in a thing, we can have Union Jack. We can have <laughs> yeah. Captain Britain. Like, fuck. Just go full British. Did you know Blade was British? What? Blade's British. Is he? Yes. What? I'm like, <laughs> I might be talking out my ass here. Hang but on, I'm pretty on. sure Blade is British. Blade's, that, yeah, I had no idea. That's weird. That's I had no idea that that was a thing. Yep, it's a fucking oh, yeah. strange, strange thing. Um, I think he was part of Excalibur for a little bit in the mid two thousands. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, this has gotten off track. Yes. Blade is British. <laughs> there you go. Learn something new today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schmidt, seeing the prisoners escaping and Rogers moving through the facility, sets the factory to self-destruct to cover Hydra's operations and evacuate to another facility. As the building begins to detonate, Schmidt... As the building begins to detonate, Schmidt... <laughs> Shut up, Sam! Oh my god. As the building begins to detonate, Schmidt confronts Rogers on a high catwalk where he makes light of his similarities to Rogers following their mutual use of the super soldier serum. Schmidt expresses his disbelief expresses his belief that they have risen above the visage of normal humans before revealing his face to be a mask, removing it to display the red skull-like face that earned him the what the sobriquet the sobriquet sobriquet. Do you know this word? Are we getting fucking fancy with our words? What is this word? It is a it is a nickname. It is a, a person's nick- sobriquet. Sorry, no. A fa- what? Synopsis, you can't get fancy out of nowhere. You're not what allowed. What the fuck? We- sobriquet. <laughs> there is like a standard that we have adhered to for these synopses, and the standard is <laughs> low. Sobriquet is, is not fun. low. Standard. You nickname. could just say nickname. Monica. You could say Monica. Monica. Yes. Also. Sobriquet? <laughs> Anyway, it earned him the sobriquet, the Red Skull. Schmidt and Zola make their escape while Rogers leads Barnes to the roof, where they both barely manage to escape the factory themselves before regrouping with the escape soldiers and marching back to base. Spoiler alert! Because they they linger on the the fact that they may not have survived for a while. Yeah, well, that entire like sequence following the uh, Red Skull Captain America face off. That ends in like a fade as Evans is fucking engulfed in explosion flame. Mm-hmm. Super jump. Does yeah, super he's doing jump. a big super jump. Uh, may not be super enough. Who knows? Uh, we we know because they march back to camp, and also we've got like an hour and a bit left of this movie. Yeah, uh, you know, Peggy gets not yelled at, talked to, gets a stern talking to. And Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. 
And uh, I, I mean, they they bring up the fact that uh, actually, no, that's a scene later. So never mind. But yeah, she kind of gets like dressed down a little bit, but not. It's not too major, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess he kind of feels sorry for her because, like, a friend slash colleague slash love interest has just died, so he doesn't want to be too mean. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, and then they come walking back, and uh, everyone's like cheering and shit. Good stuff. But, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of good stuff in that entire sequence. You got. Uh, Schmidt is destru- deciding to self-destruct the entire facility because, oh god, some whack job with a US flag painted on a dinner plate <laughs> is coming. Oh god. Right. Um, we get the first of many, many front kicks as mm-hmm. uh, Rogers completely obliterates a man's spine. Yep. Uh, so, going back a little bit, Bucky's already seen some shit. Uh, we get, I guess, some seeds planted for Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah. Even though, like, like, it's never necessarily made obvious that something happens to him there. Like, he could just be uh, a bit shell shocked from interrogation and such. Yeah. But I like to think that the seeds were planted here, and then they were um, nurtured following this film. Oh yeah, they absolutely did something to him. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like in a he's strapped down in a in a room with an off green light. We're supposed to think that something's not quite right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, honestly, in my first uh, viewing of the film, I thought that they might pull the trigger on the Winter Soldier then, and well, not mm-hmm. then and there, but like later in the movie as a right. sort of sleeper agent deal. Yeah, trickier. Uh, uh, twist, special, secret twist. Yeah, uh, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they had some restraint on that because <laughs> mm-hmm. that would have been really weird and rushed, considering the pacing of this movie already. Yep. Uh. I also love that the first face-to-face between Schmidt and Rogers starts with Schmidt monologuing and is quickly ended by Rogers punching him straight in the face. <laughs> yeah. Just like he would do with a submarine. The makeup on uh, Red Skull's okay. I love it. Mm. I think it's I think it's really uh like a really striking look. It doesn't it's look very bright red. <laughs> yes. Uh I don't know. I I really like it. It's the most colorful thing in this movie, actually. I think they just wanted to avoid it looking like muscle tissue or the like. Yeah, yeah, no, I I know what you mean. Yeah, they were like they didn't want to make it like graphic looking, so in a little, it's a little bit cartoonish, but it's okay. It kind of works for the tone of the movie. It's Mm. a pulpy adventure thing. We can stand to be a little bit cartoonish. Yeah. No one wants to see real Nazis and real atrocities of war on their action adventure movie. Apparently not. Uh, un- unless it's Nazi face melting or Nazi vaporization. <laughs> right. As long as it happens to the Nazis, I'm kind of fine with anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's in this sequence that we get the only exception in this movie to the Hydra vehicles are fucking cool thing that we've got going on. Mm-hmm. Schmidt's heliplane thing is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Holy shit. It is. It's super dumb. Why is it like I that? I agree. I don't know. He's got to like sit in it on like horizontal. So he's like facing up and also the <laughs> propellers in the middle of the thing. How does yeah. he land? How does this land? <laughs> I don't, I feel like he just didn't think this through. Does, 
Does it fly like a helicopter the entire way, or is it like a VTOL where it only takes off like that and then it turns and flies like a normal plane, but with like a helicopter propeller in its middle, like a stupid thing? Great questions. These are all great questions. Hydra know the answer to. Hydra were too busy building the heliplane to ask whether they should or not. Exactly. And the answer to that question is no. No, they shouldn't have. That's make a jetpack. Dr. Malcolm would say, that's a big pile of shit. It is a big pile of shit. <laughs> it's true. Following the liberation of the Allied prisoners, Rogers gains his superior officer's respect and acknowledgement as a soldier and is given high rank and the chance to fight as Captain America as a key figure on the war front opposing Hydra directly. Rogers... Rogers? Rogers <laughs> recruits Barnes, Dum Dum Duggan, Dugan, Gabe Jones, Jim Marita, James Montgomery Fellsworth, and Jacques Denier as his personal team of howling commandos to take out the other known Hydra operations. Howard Stark outfits Rogers with advanced equipment, including a durable custom combat uniform and a circular shield made of vibranium. Just vibranium. For the next two years, Rogers and his Howling Commandos lead a strong offensive, sabotaging various Hydra operations, much to Schmidt's frustration. Okay. Two I'm, years. I'm sure there are, like, dates stamped in the movie at some point, so you could tell that it's two years, but I don't take much notice of them. Right. And two years, you just blew my mind there. Sames. We, we spend two entire years' worth of action sequences and fun stories in the, uh-huh. it's like it's like a minute and a half yep we get we get to get, get this whole montage I, of things of little story i was like are these like little stories we could get yeah. like full movies on yeah the the hydra hunt yep. montage is like the coolest thing in this movie and i like a lot about this movie but that is my favorite thing in this movie and i just wish that it was more yes because uh, yeah, all, all the like action bits of them busting down doors and Cap's there with his pistol and his shield, yeah. and the, the Howling Commandos are all there, and the bit where he's like blowing up uh, some kind of super tank that's mm-hmm. as big as a building. Yep. Like, what's the deal with that? Uh, the the you, and you don't okay. So my biggest problem with this entire montage, and you have to keep in mind, I love the montage. I think it's great. It's the, my yeah. favorite thing. You get to see tiny little snippets of everyone doing their thing. Mm-hmm. You get to see, you know, uh, Jacques, the French uh, commando's mm-hmm. whole deal as like the uh, demolitions guy when he rolls under that tank mid-drive and plants a bomb on it. Yep. Um, you get to see Bucky doing some sharpshooting. You get to see Dugan being the big guy with the shotgun. Like, there's all these little, tiny little bits, and I just wanted more. I just wanted more. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I was just I was just watching that whole thing just going, these are just like we could have like whole movies or like episodes. You could have episodes like a series of just these small stories. Mm-hmm. That'd be so fucking cool. Yep. Um we got Stanley's cameo. Yes, so part of him uh part of Rogers getting his rank and the respect is him getting awarded a medal. Yes. And Stanley Stanley says, I thought he'd be taller. Now do you know who is sitting next to Stanley? Uh oh, mm, no, off the top of my head I couldn't tell you. The officer sitting next to Stan Lee is Reb Brown. Do you know who that is? No, but I'm sure Google could tell me. He is an actor who played the title character 
in Captain America in 1979 and Captain America 2, Death Too Soon in 1979. Is he the one that steals a car? Possibly. I haven't seen them. I I think if it's the one where Captain America wears a really massive motorcycle helmet. Yes, it's that one. I saw saw photos, so yes. I think that's the one that steals a car. Okay. Sure. Um... Alternatively, I'm thinking of the Captain America movie where it's him versus the Red Skull, but the Red Skull's Italian? There's some weird old Captain America movies. Maybe once we run out of these, we should go back to the old okay. Marvel stuff. Oh, shit. The, the forgotten shit. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Can't wait to watch all of the uh, Hulk series with Lou Ferrigno. That's gonna oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. No, that now we're talking. That's quality. And then, and then uh, the X-Men movies, all of them. I'll watch the X-Men Wolverine movies. Wolverine Origins. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you already said you would. You've fallen into my trap. I'll watch most of them. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> I'll be away that episode. You can talk to yourself. Uh yeah, that you know what? It's what it deserves. Uh <laughs> yeah, so Stan the Man gets his cameo, it's brief, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. I like it. Because yep. you know, Cap no shows his medal ceremony and the fucking the stage director from his uh show days comes mm-hmm. out to tell him that Rogers isn't gonna be there. It's good. We get more um we get more women throwing themselves at Steve. Okay, yeah. So we waste Natalie Dormer for the MCU here. Yes. Um uh-huh. what the fuck? Why would you I mean and she also- wasn't like she wasn't a huge actor at the time, so No, but she is hot as fuck. I don't <laughs> I'll say it. Sure. She's um, alright. And yeah, no, she would go on to obviously make a bigger name for herself in things like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But um She's not only wasted here in terms of we could have her later on in the MCU be someone, but, like, she's wasted on a weird and unnecessary love triangle plot, Mm -hmm. which goes nowhere and does (laughs) nothing for no one. Right. Um, Like, there there are a couple of things here that, like, come from this specific moment, Mm -hmm. but they are immediate, and you could have just glossed over the man it would have been fine there's like the oh sorry you go oh no you you go you finish what you're saying so there's the bit where like um howard and steve are blowing it up talking about how crazy women are that is a nice moment i like that Mm -hmm. and then there's the bit where peggy shoots at steve yes (laughs) and like those are those are good moments Mm -hmm. i'm not sure it's worth you know muddying the movie with a weird love triangle thing that doesn't really need to happen i think it i think it showed like up until that point you had a you had a like the feeling was there that peggy and steve were like a you know the thing there was no confirmation yes and so maybe maybe it's just like you know just they threw this in just to be like yeah yeah we like this peggy's peggy's into him okay but i i will counter by saying she shows up in that bar after they save the 107th Mm-hmm. In that red dress, and it makes everyone stop and look at her. Yeah. And Bucky's hitting on her. Yeah. And she's just got eyes for Steve. And she makes a callback to the line about saving dancing for when she has the right partner, which is what right. Steve says in the car with her. Yeah. Like, and that, that's they've, they've that made too, it known. So. Yeah. They've made it known. Um, uh, trivia about the red dress. That red <laughs> yes. dress that Peggy wears in the second act of the film was designed by Anna B. Shepard for Mel- Melanie Laurent in Inglorious Bastards. But she never wore it in that film, so Peggy got it. No shit. All right. Yeah. Cool. That's that's a cool little bit of that's might be my favorite bit of trivia we've had. <laughs> there you go. 
It's about the uh, red dress. About the red dress. Yeah, it's super <laughs> weird, but okay. Um, I I really like the uh, flipped dynamic of Bucky and Steve, mm-hmm. um, where like Bucky's now the less impressive. Like he's he's invisible next to Steve because I mean, could you fucking can you blame anyone right. looking at Steve? Right. Look at him. <laughs> Uh, and also, you know, it's been two years, like, come on, they didn't, didn't make any move on each other, what's going on here? Well, no, because the, the love triangle bullshit starts at the beginning of the two years, and then is mended over the course of the two years, because she's oh, I see. his pocket watch in the film. Ah, yes, and then he's like very protective of it when he sees he's being filmed, he's like, oh fuck, no one can see that. <laughs> right, yeah, that's funny, that was a funny little insert. In that montage. it is a very cute pocket watch. Yeah. <laughs> um so Howard gives him well, he doesn't give him, but like Steve finds the shield. Mm-hmm. And Howard says, That's a prototype. That's I mean, a prototype? That's it. That's all it that, will ever be. No, the prototype that... <laughs> we know where the prototype is. <laughs> But he's saying that's a prototype. So, like, what the fuck is that other thing that Tony had? I mean, the look, the shield that Cap picks up there, the, the fucking chrome one, mm-hmm. that has to be the real thing. Because, as he says, that's all the vibranium in the world. Well, yes, no, yeah. obviously that's what it is. But I'm just saying, like, he says it's a prototype. So what the fuck is the thing that Tony had in Iron Man 2? I don't know, man. I, I guess, <laughs> I guess it's like a. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of what you would call this. Like a, like a show, a floor model. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. Sure. Like this is what we're making the shield look like, but we don't mm. want to like, we don't want to ruin this nice chrome uh, right. finish. I gotcha. Unless we have the actual pattern down, we ought to get it right before we, you know, fuck with the actual only vibranium we have. Mm-hmm. We can't paint the vibranium until we know it's going to look right. Right. Uh, yeah, fa- fun montage, and yeah, like I said, I love the 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 cap suit. It's uh, very the SSR grounded. It's so fucking good. Just like it's like. It's a superhero costume. But it's also like period appropriate. It, like it just fits the it feel of the movie. Yes, in a lot of ways with its straps and its buckles and mm-hmm. its leather straps around the helmet. Yep, it's a it's a very good looking suit. And also, like despite the movie being very gray and brown and very like toned down, it looks you know fairly colorful. The reds, like it's not like bright red like we will see in some cap outfits later. Right, but I don't know. I think it pops nicely yeah um that uh that shield sure does make a satisfying bonk noise <laughs> Don't. yeah that's great i love that fucking sound effect mm-hmm. uh back to the story now in 1945 the team later assaults a train carrying zola rogers and barnes engage in a fight with the soldiers on the train during which barnes falls from the train to his apparent death while jones locates zola on the train and captures him Rogers is deeply affected by the loss of his best friend and is convinced by Carter to use his sorrow as motivation to put an end to Hydra for good. Using information extracted from Zola, the final Hydra stronghold is located and Rogers leads an attack to stop Schmidt from using weapons of mass destruction on the United States. Okay, so the the train action I like. Mm -hmm. 
it's decent. Uh, nothing particularly spectacular happens here, but there's some fun teamwork between Bucky and uh, Steve, which is nice. Um, yeah. Weird that they only send Steve and Bucky and then Gabe Jones. Of all the commandos to send, like, <laughs> I got nothing against Gabe Jones. Cool, I wish he carried a trumpet around like he did in the comics. Sure. But, like, Dum Dum Dugan is the most visually, like, that guy's different. He's got a bowler yeah. hat. Yes. I <laughs> so, agree. like, it's weird that it's not him, but, I mean, mm. sure, Gabe Jones is fine. Um, training adventures are fun. Yeah, I, I, I really like... Yeah, nothing bad ever happens on a train. Never. Nope. Um, I like the brief moment of Bucky picking up the shield. He looks really good with it. Yep. Like, Bucky's outfit post-rescue mm-hmm. uh, post is very, very cool uh, with the big pop collar and everything. Yep. Uh, and yeah, him holding the shield and shooting the gun looks good. Looks great. I guess that's a call or a reference to um, Bucky being Captain America at that time in the comics. Or maybe, no, this would have been a couple of years after that. Okay. Because um, I think it was following <clears throat> Civil War in the comics, which would have been like 2006-ish. Mm-hmm. So Sounds we're a couple right. years out from Bucky being the Captain America of the time. Right. Um, so yeah, and I guess like I'm not sure. Actually, at the time, it would have been like, oh, maybe they'll pull the trigger on that one day. Maybe mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan will get to be Captain America one day, right? Uh, which nope. isn't happening. <laughs> fools, we were all fools. <laughs> uh, Tommy Lee Jones is in, in interrogating Zola. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that's a good looking steak. Jesus Christ. Is, I messaged you about this. And yeah. I thought, like, maybe it's just because I'm like really hungry right now. Yeah. God, that steak looks real fucking good. It's really good. <sighs> that's all I have to say about that scene. <laughs> no. Um, no, there, there's a good line where um, Zola's like, Schmidt believes he walks in the footsteps of the gods. Right. And Tommy Lee Jones' only reaction to that is, hmm. And he keeps <laughs> eating. Yeah, he he's so doesn't give a fuck. He just wants the information. That's it. Doesn't give a yeah, fuck about. Like, uh, how about if we like leak that you uh, ratted him out, you little fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. I feel like they did. I feel like they did Steve's little uh, morning scene mm-hmm. well. Like it could have been overdrawn. It could have been a bit too dramatic. But like, could have dropped to his knees and screamed at the sky. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. You know, it's it's maybe the most subtle scene of the film. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's not a particularly subtle film overall, so it's not no. really saying a lot. Yeah, but I guess. Like, Evans, he he plays a good uh, sad, but not, like, broken sad. He's just like, God, fuck. Everything. All that power and he can't even get drunk. Yep. Was it even worth it? I mean... Was it worth it? I do like getting drunk. <laughs> I've never had pecs, so it's really hard to... Yeah. <laughs> Can't compare. Never had pecs. Right now. I have been drunk, so I, I, I know half of this equation. Right. Let me get back to you. Okay. Let me know in uh, a couple of days when you got pecs. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, God. Fresh <laughs> yeah, is on. Um, okay. Actually, I talk about it being subtle, but... Is is the scene being set in a bombed out bar a bit too much? Probably. It might be a bit much. I don't know. Like you said, this isn't subtle, this movie. 
No. Rogers climbs aboard the Valkyrie, Hydra's massive aircraft. Well, they've skipped over the. Well, whole... yeah, we've skipped over big. There's a okay. So Rogers uses his uh, grief as fuel for taking down Hydra once and for all, right? Yes. And that launches us into the big climactic. Uh, well, I say big. It's not really big. That launches us into the climactic third act of the film, mm-hmm. uh, wherein the SSR and Steve launch a big attack on uh, Hydra's secret base, which presumably Zola gave up the location of. Yes. The bikes are cool. The fucking bikes. All of the bikes are fucking cool. Like, yeah. Hydra has cool vehicles apart from the hell of plane. Right. Yes. We, we forget about that one. Yeah, but the bikes are cool. Don't look at that one. Look at look at the submarine. Look, look at, at the, the cool car. bikes. Look at the bikes and the tanks. Um. So Steve's Steve's like rushing towards these giant guns that are shooting at him, mm-hmm. and he just takes the shield and just puts it on the front of the bike. And like, is is that shield stopping his entire bike from? Because they're like, there's like explosions and shit happening all around him. Is that shield supposed to stop him from exploding? Is that so what <laughs> it seems like? Like the way that the shield is used specifically with regards to hydro weapons is it like pretty, pretty uh, effectively deflects them? Sure, like it absorbs those impacts, and we get the line earlier about how it's like one hundred percent vibration absorbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that, if any of those shots hits anything other than the shield. Exactly. Bad time. But That's I guess I mean. the same way is like the Punisher's big skull on his chest. It's supposed to attract fire. <laughs> oh, right. Sure. Um, look, just don't. don't <laughs> just don't about think it. about the. It looks like, cool. <laughs> sure. But it's just like he puts the sh- this small, uh, like the shield. A shield. Oh, that's going to protect the entire bike. Like it's a fucking, like it's a, a big fucking dome around the bike. It's a big protective bubble. Like yeah. crash team racing. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, Captain America's bike is pretty fucking cool. It may not yeah, hold up sure. to one of those shots, but I mean, it's got a mm. flamethrower at the back. Yeah, it, it does. Those, like, it's got those like cable launches that mm-hmm. clothesline dudes off their bikes. Not the first guys, but the last guys in the yeah. back. I'm not sure how that worked. <laughs> the guys with the most time to react did not react. I don't know how they didn't lose their heads. I think <laughs> Just... it hits them around like the, the, the chest area. Well, I don't know how they didn't lose the top of their bodies. Either way. <laughs> I don't know, man. Honestly, uh, relatively speaking, it seems like the good guys are going pretty easy on Hydra. Mm-hmm. Hydra have weapons that will obliterate people. Yes. Like, you can survive a bullet wound. Mm-hmm. You, you ain't coming back from literal obliteration. No. We, we got a Wilhelm scream here? Yeah, Wilhelm works for Hydra. It's yeah. fitting because he's German. <laughs> it's a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> exactly. As Schmidt would say. We get uh we get a fucking shield cannonball. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool shield action in this yeah. movie. Like mm-hmm. he punches with it, he punches in different ways with it, he throws it and hits people with a nice thunk. Yep. There's some good shit. Good stuff. I will say again, there's like there's some practical action here that's not great. Um just you know, just not well edited. Uh, they, they, it's continuing the tradition of these early Marvel movies not doing practical action very well. I will say, 
out of the MCU films we've watched so far, mm-hmm. I think this has the most watchable action. I think it's the easiest to follow. Everything's fairly well lit. The editing isn't so bad that I lose track of what's going on. Well, again, I'm just talking about like the practical stuff, like people like punching. Not not right. so much like when it comes to the CG and stuff. I think. Well, I mean, there's not a huge amount of uh, punching in Iron Man. Yeah. Well, so, I guess the, I guess the, you're correct. Yeah, I don't know. I still think it's like the most watchable in terms of like you look at the fights in Thor. There's not a huge amount yeah, going on. It's kind great. of boring. Yeah. Um, the stuff in uh, Hulk, even though mm. it's not practical, a lot of it is, you know, kind of hard to watch because it's a lot going on at once and it just becomes a pixel soup and it's dark and, you know. <laughs> yep. This is at least like I can see what's going on. There's cool stuff happening. And yep. yeah, the editing is not great, but it is watchable and I, I like what I see. They get into the hangar, and um, man, I I can't help but just immediately think of Eddie, Eddie Valiant in Toontown, mm-hmm. um, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like it just, it just the worst green screen and not great CG. I don't know what you're talking about. It's terrible. Yeah, no, there's there's not some there's, there's it's some bad stuff going on there. So bad. Uh, but hey, that Nazi car has NOS. <laughs> it does. Look, there, there's one thing I will say about the hangar scene, and it's that I love the little run that Cap does between mm-hmm. getting into the hangar to the yep. plane. Like he runs up, he punches one dude, or he Superman punches the shit out of one guy, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. And he like shield bashes another guy, and then he jumps on a fucking chain and he's swinging. I don't know where the fucking chain came from, <laughs> but he's swinging on it now. And then. Yeah. I'm enjoying the action up to this point. Like, mm-hmm. green screen, you're right. It doesn't look good. But yeah. I'm enjoying the action well enough. And then he's swinging on this chain, and then it cuts. It hard cuts to him running. I'm like, right. where the, how the fuck? Wasn't he just on a chain? <laughs> Don't worry about happened? it. The chain just... It's this something you made is up. Like, this movie is so fascinated by Steve Rogers in midair. Like yeah. him jumping over chain leap fences, him mm-hmm. jumping over explosions, him jumping off giant tanks. This is the one time they chose not to show him jumping off the thing. <laughs> right. Why? <laughs> Why'd you do that? Um. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, the, we get a we get a kiss between Steve and uh, and Peggy, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> the great line from Tommy Lee Jones: "I'm not kissing you." It's because so <laughs> he just well, stands there. <laughs> Rogers does kind of look at him. Yeah. I'm like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> it's good. Tommy Lee Jones, maybe MVP of this movie? Mm, he's up there. He's like, For different reasons to any other potential MVP. Sure, okay. Uh, Rogers climbs aboard the Valkyrie. Hydra's massive aircraft bomber as it takes off. During the subsequent fight, a machine containing the Tesseract is damaged. Schmidt physically handles the Tesseract, which opens a wormhole into space, sucking him into it in bright light. The cube falls to the floor, burning through the plane and falling into the ocean. Seeing no way to land the plane without the risk of detonating its weapons, Rogers instead crashes it on the Arctic shelf while making a sorrowful goodbye to Carter, making a promise to take her dancing, knowing he could never 
never be able to make the date. Stark later recovers the Tesseract from the ocean floor and is unable to locate Roger's body or Schmidt's aircraft. Okay, so uh, a couple of things about the action on board the Valkyrie. Mm -hmm. There's a bit that the synopsis completely skips over, and it's this weird little aside where uh, Steve, like, there's these little mini bombers inside the Valkyrie. Yes. Uh, that the, the this pole, the fucking, is my uh, favorite part of the movie. Okay, so first of all, love the uh, Hydra goons running out to their little planes. They look so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, they get in their little planes. There's some action. You know, guys get kicked out of hangar doors. Uh, there's some fun shit. One of the yeah. guys gets into his little plane. Steve mm-hmm. jumps onto the little plane yes. after the door is closed. And then one of the guys, fucking props to this guy. He must love his job. Jumps onto the little plane and onto Rogers after the thing, like, starts dropping out of the hangar bay. Uh-huh. And so they're, dro- <laughs> they're dropping... Note says, fucking props to that one goon riding the plane with Steve. Oh, no! <laughs> he gets fucking shredded, bro! He gets shredded by Is this why you mentioned ratings? Is this why yes. you brought it up? Yes, that is exactly why. Because there's yeah. a trail of blood. <laughs> yeah, through the sky as like the play goes up. Or whatever it is, the bomber thing. Um, yeah, the weird the weird Hydra bomber. Yeah. Um yeah, it just makes a trail of blood in the sky. Yeah. A nice little spiral. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking cool. And so yeah, the the this scene is probably like the most well-made this the whole score drops out there's no music it's mm-hmm. just the sound design the sound effects of these bombers like the fucking propeller or whatever on them and fucking spinning. wind rushing past the wind it's so fucking cool this whole bit um and uh oh also um oh where is it uh earlier in the movie Howard Stark mm. is showing off the shields and he quips that Hydra is not going to come after you with a pocket knife. Yes! Uh, at the climax, on the plane, one of the Hydra parts actually does lunge at Rogers with a small knife. Pulls a pocket knife out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good little callback. I, I laughed so hard. It's the first time I've ever noticed it. Mm-hmm. Um, very funny. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, the whole bomber part's so fucking cool. He gets back... It's- it's very on cool. Boy, is it fucking weird. Sure. We get we get onto the plane. Mm-hmm. The big bad is, no, we haven't fought enough goons yet. Let's do this. And mm-hmm. it is a very cool, cool scene. I love it. Yeah. It's just so weird. And it kind of detracts from the main face-off with Red Skull, because that's over like that. Yes. Fucking. <laughs> there's, there's no there's real one... fight at all between Cap there's, and Red like, Skull. There's some punches and some stomps put in. Mm-hmm. And there's one neat bit where, like, the plane is sent into a nosedive, and so all the gravity just fucking leaves the scene. Right. Yes. And that's that's neat. Although it is a little bit goofy getting back to you know uh, equilibrium. I got to say, there is something that Schmidt says, and I was like, that actually sounds pretty cool. I might be on this guy's side a little bit. Oh no. He says, "I've seen the future, Captain. There are no flags." Oh like, yeah, that's you- pretty fucking cool. Oh, yeah, that sounds great, actually. Yeah. I love a future where there's no flags. <laughs> and maybe maybe do some flag smashing. Steve immediately goes, "What does he say?" Is like not, not not my future. Not my future. <laughs> fuck off, Steve. <laughs> I like a good flag, but yeah, nationalism can fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Steve and his dumb America flag. 
There's a real like left turn at the very end of this fucking movie where yeah. it's like, oh wait, Schmidt has an ideology. Wait, Schmidt has an ideology? Yeah, yeah. It's completely out of nowhere. Up until later, he's just been the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and that that whole fight. Yeah, it's uh, got a moment or two, but it's ultimately pretty underwhelming considering the rest of the action in the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's super short and Skull just gets kind of teleported out. And I guess- But that's the thing. He like fully that... like disintegrates. He doesn't yeah. just get teleported. We, we're we left to assume that he just fucking died there. And yeah, like, yeah, I guess. But even back then, I remember seeing that fucking spaceship going. I'm like, he's right. not dead. They'll bring him back. Mm. I didn't see a body. That's true. If you don't see a body, anything can happen. But just um, ask Bucky. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, did Tesseract burn a hole in the floor? Yes. Uh, Is that it's, because it's it just got used? I have to assume so because it doesn't burn a hole in the floor when it like leaves the the housing unit, right? I mean, it never it's it never burns a hole in anything ever again. So yeah, it sat in that fucking wooden wall in Norway. Yeah. No holes burnt. Uh, I guess yeah, it must have been activated, sending uh, sending Red Skull to whoever, who knows where. And also, he'll never show up again. the The idea that that um, like you shouldn't look at it is that just is that just them them being cautious? Like, is that just them like? Oh, the look at it. They've heard it. Really superstitious. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I'm. That's what I've thought. But back when this movie came out, I was like, oh, you you don't look at it. But then, uh, yeah. but then, as the series went on, everyone's fucking looking at it. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people with eyes on that fucking cosmic cube. Yeah, um, yeah. So, final confrontation, kind of underwhelming. But Steve's sacrifice. Oh, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. It <laughs> <laughs> genuinely does get me like a little like emotional. Except he says, "I've got to put it in the water," and then he crashes it into the ice. Fucking ice loser! What an idiot! Ice is just solid water. Captain America's fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he should have he never let that flag hit the ground, goddammit. Nope. What an idiot. I mean, can he even really see water or land from where he is? Probably when not. When he says that? I think it's just Probably cloud not. cover. So, <laughs> I, I think it's fair to assume Stop. that he's just like, I, I'm going to put it down. Whatever. <laughs> I'll defend Captain America till my dying day. Oh, God. Look, it's a sad... It's a sad uh, way to close out that story. And no, the saddest way is what happens next. Rogers awakens in a 1940s-style hospital room. Deducing from an anachronistic radio broadcast that he was out of place, he flees outside into what is revealed to be present-day Times Square, where Nick Fury tells him he has been asleep for nearly 70 years. His Stunned brain by this explodes. Re- <laughs> Stunned by this revelation, Rogers' only response is that he had a date. Yeah, that's that's a downer. Yes, that is a downer. That was like, I love the fake out ending for starters. I love the whole like the the kids are running around pretending they're Captain America or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, you know, like the, the legend uh, lives on. Yeah, the legend lives on, and then fade to black, and like you're expecting credits, and then it's like, oh no, fuck! They found him. He's, he's in a wa- hospital. He's waking up. He's in the hospital, and then. Yeah, no, it's 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 the future. I do love that there's a bit where they explicitly show uh, Howard like trying to find Steve and the wreckage and mm-hmm. the cube, 
And they find the tiny cube, but they never find this weird probe. The giant plane? Bomber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of suspension of disbelief. <laughs> no wreckage. In all of these movies. They, they, do, they do call out that the energy signature is what they're following. Right. And if it's coming from true. the cube, fair enough. But also the cube is tiny. Mm. <laughs> and there's a fucking B-52 size fucking bomber jet. Uh, in the comics, Captain America was frozen for only two decades and revived in the 1960s. Since this movie came out in 2011, they had to change the story so that he was frozen closer to 70 years. Now, is that a thing that remains consistent? Because, like, we... like. Is this a Simpsons kind of deal where everyone remains the same age because that's how uh, I works? Don't know how the comic, how the comic, because like the Fantastic Four debuted in the sixties, right? Yes. So are they now, uh, in their nineties? I do not. Well, I mean, they don't age, but exactly. So, like, how the fuck does that work? Yeah, I guess it's also set in modern day. I don't know. So is it just a shifting time scale? Like, is Tony Stark always injured in Vietnam like he used to be? Or has that been updated to something more contemporary? Um, Captain America's always got to be World War II. So I guess you just shift the time that he's been frozen. And he always woke up, like, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago. Mm. I don't know, man. I haven't kept up with comics in a while. So I don't know how they deal with any of that. I don't think they do. I think they just choose not to. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to get around it. Yep. Um, even Times Square, Times Square is a green screen, though. Times Square. Times Square. Times Square is a green screen, um, which I didn't notice until I watched the UHD version of this. Oh, really? Um, I had an inkling. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the very... Very not great green screen, but but be- better than the uh, better than the hangar. Better than the hangar. Although Look, I did notice you know how expensive it is to book out Times Square for a filming thing. Yeah, I know that's true. Um, but I did notice in the background, like cops and stuff were just like hanging around. No, no one was looking at. No one was looking at Steve or Nick Fury. They're just yeah. hanging around. Yeah, yeah, they're just being NPCs. Just seemed like, a, yeah, it was just like on a loop or something. It was weird. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, a, I think, a good way to wrap that movie up. Yes. Uh, we, we get Cap in the modern day. He's where he needs to be for the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that bittersweet thing of, oh, he survived, but oh, no, Peggy. Uh, yeah. And Hayley Atwell is fucking doing a very good acting She's doing a very good acting. She is a good acting game. for sure. Uh, She's and, good and act- honestly, Chris Evans is doing a good job there in that scene. It's yep. good stuff. Really good. And then we get a post credits trailer. So this doesn't play on Disney Plus. What? Uh, or at least as far as I'm aware, it didn't play. I tried to sit through the credits to watch it, but it didn't mm-hmm. show up. You didn't get to see the trailer? No, but I have it like lodged in my brain. Well, uh, let me tell you about how much my epilepsy my epilepsy played up watching this fucking trailer. Good god. With the uh the Soundgarden song? Um I f- don't think it was. Cuz if it's not, then I don't think that's the one that showed in theaters. I don't There was 
just I think it was just like generic kind of rock music. Hmm. I don't know. Um, but no, it's it's a uh, it's extremely fast cut. Like they don't want like they want to show you stuff, but they don't want to show you anything. We got like, to your balls a little bit. Yeah, it's just a very very bad way to advertise an upcoming movie honestly did it did it start with the uh scene of captain america boxing yes okay and nick fury comes in and he's like you got a job for me or whatever he says and got a mission for me yeah um yes that that part happens and then yeah it goes into generic music um yeah but anyway, that means that next week we get to talk about Avengers. That's very exciting. But uh, before we do that, we've got some business to take Starks care of. Starks and Stanks. It's your turn. Is What's it? your first oh, okay. Stark? My first Stark is I love the period vibe. I love the costumes, the props, the sets. I love like the SSR suit for Captain America feeling mm-hmm. very of the time is yep. such a good it's it's so good um even the old timey look with it being like really kind of gray and sepia tone and places being washed out i i think it creates a unique look that isn't really done ever again in the mcu like the only the only thing i can think of that comes close to being another period piece is captain marvel that's a yeah. 90s ass movie it sure is yeah blockbuster and all Yep, Blockbuster, Nirvana, can't get much more 90s than that. Nope, that's all of the 90s right there. Encapsulated, the sound and the feel of the 90s. Encapsulated. I hate you. Uh, I love that they stop Captain from just being, like, the perfect superhero. Like, he's, he's like, you know, he's kind of infallible a lot of the times, but he, he they don't make him fucking Superman. You know, he's not he's not this lawful good, you know, goody two shoes who follows all the rules and always does like he does the right thing according to what he believes. He doesn't yeah. like he he's often at least twice in this film bucking up against authority. Yes. And um, they they allow him to be uh human mm-hmm. uh, and uh you know it's they bad allow with women. <laughs> Sure, they allow allow that little runt kid from the beginning of the movie to shine through even under all the the sweaty muscles, all the sogginess, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I like that about about the movie and about the character, too. Okay. I, I would agree with that. Um, this one might be a bit more controversial. Okay. Uh, I genuinely love the action for the most part. I'll, I know a lot of it isn't particularly well edited, but no, there's I, look, a lot better I- to like. I think this is this is actually is overall mostly a well edited movie. Mm-hmm. I, it's the problem it's I have is when it comes to, to some of the physical fisticuff action. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, e- even with that, I really like the action a lot. I think out of these movies, and this this might be the controversial thing that I say here. I oh, think yeah. it is the best action in the MCU to this point. Um, uh, I can't think of anything in Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Hulk, or Thor, especially not Thor, that comes close to being as fun to watch in this. Especially not Thor. 
Like the drama in the thought action sequences mm. is what I'm there for, but not yes. the action. This, no. I'm 100% like, yeah, bonk him with the shield. <laughs> I'm like jumping out of my seat and cheering. It's that much fun. I don't know. I uh, The first Iron Man escaping escaping the cave. That scene's fun. Um, that, that scene's so good. Yeah, but you might be right. You, yeah, up until this point, I guess... Yes, it probably has the best action. I'll take it. I would agree with that. Sure. Yay! <laughs> what's what's your, your uh, talk? I love that they don't resolve the relationship between Peggy and Steve. Yeah, we get some like they ends. don't feel the need to to rush that. Uh, they just leave the leave the thread dangling. Uh, and you feel bad for Steve at the end, knowing he missed his chance. And it, not everything gets closure, right? They could have rushed it and, and got him together, but no, it's just he got frozen, and oh well, <laughs> shit happens. Yeah, well, guess that's uh, no longer on the table. Yeah, seventy and, uh, years later, it's sad, but it's cool. Yeah, I'm glad they did it. It's uh, yes, I agree. I do agree with that. What is your first smelly poo bum stink? I fucking hate that love triangle shit so much. <laughs> okay. Can we not just have a, a a purely uncomplicated good character? I feel like this was the attempt to add like a shade of grey, right? Right. And I just don't think it works. I, mm. I think no one comes out of this better off. Uh, there's the two moments, one with Howard and one with Peggy, immediately after the thing happens. I, I agree that the... the... Mo- like the makeout moment is just like weird and out of place. Uh-huh. But I like the stuff that happens after with Peggy and I, I like that stuff immediately after. But yeah. like, it never feels like it gets resolved. It never feels like it results in anything. Right. No one really mentions it ever again. Mm-hmm. And the, the like the resolution of it, uh, where Peggy's like, "Oh, he does care," is right. in the montage when she sees that he's got her photo in his little pocket watch. Right. Like, I don't know. It just feels like such a throwaway thing. If you're going to commit to it, then fucking do it. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather you didn't because honestly, like there's nothing wrong with having an uncomplicated, genuinely good guy. Right. No, no shades of gray. Right. Um, Yeah. I think there's too much bad green screen. In the oh god, that hanger pisses me the fuck off. The whole <laughs> the hanger the, is egregious. Oh, it's so bad. I felt like, like I said, like it's like living in a cartoon world I at the end of the movie. Too busy laughing at the chain swing to running. Right. I, I didn't notice at that point. Um, and also the CG just isn't great in the in there either. Like the plane doesn't look great, and the car doesn't look great. And... I would say that Skinny Rogers is a highlight, but again, even at its best, it's just kind of fine. I just mean the CG. It's specifically in the hangar and like towards the oh, end of the oh, movie. Okay. I, 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 I like I like the Rogers stuff mostly. Like the no no the like the Rogers stuff is 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 pretty mostly okay. great, and yep. a lot of the CG throughout the movie is pretty great. But yeah, just okay. specifically towards the end with the. Hanger. <laughs> really fucking hate that hanger. I don't That's like it fine. at all. You can you can hate a single piece of this movie that much. Sure. I I hate that one bit with Natalie. Uh, yeah. I, fuck it. Yeah. No, I get you. Mm-hmm. What is your second stink? The pacing of this movie is super fucking weird. 
Hmm. Um, so Act One feels like it goes for over half the movie. Yeah. Act Two. Act Two. Let's say from the time he like goes from from the uh, Star Spangled Man song and dance to the point where they launch the final Hydra offensive, which in universe spans over two years, goes for maybe 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. And then uh, the final assault on the Hydra base takes, I, I would say 20 minutes, but I feel like that's being generous. Um, and the final confrontation with Red Skull, that final Hydra assault feels real quick. Uh, we get it. Mm-hmm. We get into issues where, like, that two-year span of time, it becomes a sub-two-minute montage, which I love it. Mm-hmm. But God, I would have loved to have seen it like actually play out naturally, right? Uh, in some way. It's just, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of weird pacing things with this movie. Sure, I don't. I have a. I don't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> I'm fine with. But you'd most love of that. to see more of the Howling Commandos, right? Definitely, yeah. I definitely would have liked. To see- well, that's that actually leads me to my stank, my second stank, which is by using this setting and getting Steve frozen that he can be in modern day. We miss out on the chance to see a lot of the characters again in other movies. The MCU is all about being a shared universe and characters crossing the different movies, but because of how this movie plays out, we'll never get to see characters like the Howling Commandos again unless they get their own series or movie or unless there's another thing set during that period. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. I, um, it sucks. <laughs> I think there is some crossover here because like if you if you expanded that two-year montage thing a bit, you could at least, <clears throat> I don't know, give these characters who were only going to get one, one go at the MCU. Mm. They were only going to get this one shot. You could expand upon them, do some cool shit. But instead, uh, they yeah. just get to being background characters in a fun, in a in an admittedly fun action montage. Montage, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Well, and that is my favorite part of the movie. Don't get me wrong; it's also <laughs> the thing I hate the most. Right. Apart from the love triangle. <laughs> that is our Starks and Stanks for Captain America: The First Avenger. Now it's time to rank this at number one. Huh? What do you think? Yeah, I'm in. All right, we're done. Sweet. <laughs> I was, I was like, as I was watching, I was like, "There's no way Aaron's gonna go for number one." I would, I would 100% push for this as number one, but Aaron would never. And then you send me a message saying, Are "You prepared to be surprised?" I'm like, oh, it's gonna happen, isn't it? Now, are you being serious? I am serious. Yeah. Oh fuck yes! This is totally number one. <laughs> Okay. Now, Good. now, I feel like you need I, to justify your words and deeds. So, <laughs> I've made my list, you know, from just watching the movies over the years. Maybe, maybe I'm coming to it now as someone who actually likes Captain America. Uh huh. Over, you know, over the course of the MCU, I yeah, come sure. to like the character. And so now going back, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is where he starts. It's cool. This is great. And so maybe I like, maybe that has in- improved my enjoyment of the movie more than what I used to. Sure, sure. You're coming to it with a little bit of fondness for the character. Yeah, I can see yes. that. Um, what you're saying is you're coming to this movie now as I was back in 2011. Yes, I guess so. 
Good. Okay. I guess that's Good. what it comes down to. Great. Uh, no, I'm very happy with this outcome. It hurts was... me in my soul to not have Iron Man <laughs> as number one. Yes! I'm so happy! <laughs> but Last also... Week, when you were fucking talking shit, I was like, <laughs> fucking wait, I'm gonna argue my ass off, and now I don't need to. <laughs> but also, I'm trying to look at these subjectively, and also, you know, trying to analyze. I haven't just sat. I haven't sat down and actually tried to analyze these movies. I've just sat down and be like, you know, do I enjoy this? Do enjoy, this is I enjoy a good this? Movie. And I have enjoyed this movie before, but when it comes to ranking and actually thinking about it critically, yeah, this is this is a better movie. Sure. Fuck yeah! <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased to hear you say that. <laughs> so. Honestly, like, if I'm being honest, I would have been okay if you had said Captain America gets to be number two, because Iron Man is a very good movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, my personal biases, I cannot put them aside for this. I love Captain America, the first Avengers, so much. I also think so much more happens in this movie. Yes. Um, yes, it does. And also, you get a lot more time with the villain. Sure. <laughs> You do, but is it? Does it really matter? He's not a great villain. He's still. I mean, he he's a fun like. He's a Nazi. You get to hate him. It's very easy to hate him. Sure. Um, I don't know. Sometimes you just need a big dumb cartoonish villain. I appreciate that. He could have been more cartoonish. Oh, totally. And um, Obadiah could have uh, backstabbed Tony. Done so. anything? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we, we 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 could all improve. Aaron, yes. none of us perfect. None all of us are perfect. All of the villains could have been better. Loki was pretty good. Loki gets to be the best one by default so yes, far. Pretty much, yeah. Well, that means that Captain that was, America the First Avenger is number one. That was eventful. Iron Man is number two. What's number three? Thor? Thor. Thor is number three. Mm-hmm. The Incredible Hulk oh, is number four. Fuck's sake. Iron Man 2 is number five. And thus far, the worst film in the MCU. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's how that works. Not sure that's going to change anytime soon. I, it's not going to change at all. That's going to stay there forever. <laughs> oh, I guarantee man. it. Same with Hulk. I don't know. I reckon I could argue for Age of Ultron. <laughs> nope. Uh, I know. I know. This is my this is my concession. This is my early birthday present. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate that. You're welcome. That's what I did it for. Um, so next week we will be talking about Marvel's The Avengers, or if you're in Britain, Avengers Assemble. Oh God, yeah. Only because they had that TV show and yeah, to, yeah. But That's uh, a movie. oh yeah, they made the, the Uma Thurman. Yep. Yeah, I once watched that thinking that it was like a weird Avengers thing. No, I was a dumb kid and I was wrong. Yeah, I that's that's a bad movie. Yep. Avengers though, pretty good. So we'll talk about it next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Thank, thank, thank. Genius billionaire playboy. You thank.
you, Dane. 